All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, what's up, dude? Dude, I am good as always. One day closer to football. And we have probably what most people believe the best division on deck today, ranking of the quarterbacks, best position. So I'm always excited, and it's nice to always have a third guest every once in a while. Third guest? Oh, Dan. Dan joining us for NFL Talk. Dan, what's going on, dude? Oh, man. Thursday, Hall of Fame game. Uh, just This is a week I've been looking forward to for a long time, and you know, we're getting close to fantasy football draft season. It, you know, it's upon us. It's just, uh, we've been, we've been putting this episode in the works for a long time. I mean, we've got crazy schedule, so it's finally that we nailed it down and and we're about to get into it. Yeah, definitely. When I put the initial poll up, I really thought this one was going to win in a landslide. And I, I talked to Brad briefly about this when we were, did the AFC North pod. I just think that the North, because we live in Ohio, obviously. Well, you don't, but the two of us do. Um, you got the Browns, you got the Bengals, and then Pittsburgh's super close, and the Ravens are a pretty popular team. So they ended up winning the division poll, but I really thought this team would win in a landslide, or this division would win in a landslide. But I'm excited to save it for last as far as the AFC goes. There is a lot of meat on the bone here, and I'm actually, I for once, doing this division breakdown, I still don't know 100% who I think is going to win this division. And I 100% don't know who you guys think is going to win this division, which makes this division super fun. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and especially with, uh, you know, we're talking about ranking quarterbacks and just looking at this, this entire division from a quarterback perspective alone, I think it's extremely like plausible to have all four quarterbacks in the top 10 in the NFL and um, to know that I believe all five of these teams or all four of these teams have five primetime games. So the fact that we're going to get to see a lot of these teams and like you said, it, it's so good that a lot of people are floating around what I think to be unrealistic, but a fun question. And, you know, with seven teams, I think Corey said something about this. Uh, I don't remember where, but, you know, could four teams from one division potentially make it. So I think that's it's really fun in this division. I mean, Coming in fourth in this division is not a knock on you at this point. It's just, it's so good. It's ridiculous. So the one thing that I said back when Russell Wilson was traded to Denver was I thought maybe four teams could make the playoffs. But another thing that I think is kind of crazy, and feel free to look it up. I doubt this has ever happened. It's totally plausible that four teams could win 10 games in a single division, which seems absolutely bonkers. Even in a 17-game schedule, we could see four teams all above the 10-win mark, which would be just – I don't even know how to I describe mean, it. Technically, if every team went 3-3 three and three in the division and undefeated everywhere else, you could have four 14-3 and three teams from the same division. I mean, yeah, if you're yeah. just taking it from that standpoint, it's like yeah. it absolutely could happen. It's not like – off the board it's just when you have these teams taking on each other constantly you know it's gonna be losers and it's tough so let's start off with this this is the first time the three of us have ever done a pod there's gonna be a lot of you know shifting voices and stuff uh but sorry for last week everybody that's listening right now and it's like we never got to hear who you guys wanted or who you guys officially thought would win the afc east i think me and brad were pretty straightforward saying we thought the bills were the best team um 
and I was kind of down on the Dolphins. He's kind of down on the Patriots. We kind of flipped on those tunes. But I am officially taking the Bills. I'm putting that on record to win the division. Brad, who are you taking? I am also going to take the Bills, but I'm just going to spring this on you because I feel like with this division, everyone knew the Bills was the top. Yeah. I want you to give me your order of the four. One, two, three, four. Yeah, I think that's, that's what people are more interested in. For me, it's Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Okay. I'm going Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, though I think those teams are extremely close. Real close. Very close. Patriots, Dolphins. Maybe a little bias in me. Uh, and and I do think that the Dolphins have a harder schedule than New England just by how it things are going to map up. And then I do think the Jets, because of where they're at, how hard their division is, I don't think I had them winning a game until like week eight or nine, somewhere I forget, but I have them as a distant fourth. And then, yeah, just because you're obviously you're in here and you are in here last week, you're probably taking the Bills. Where do you do you have a ranking off the top of your head? Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually signing with Brad here. I kind of I. I kind of agree with them last week or uh, when you guys were live, but Tua yeah. is going to take this team as far as it can go. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of with Brad on, on the dolphins being at, at the two spot, but I'm right in line with them. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's talk to dolphins. Let's just shift right into that. So the Miami dolphins today, let's back up <laughs> the Miami dolphins fire. Brian Flores short black Monday, whatever it was the day that everybody fires their coaches it definitely came as a shock, came out of nowhere. Brad and I basically said that it was the dumbest fire of all the head coaches that ended up getting fired at that time. But I think the the real big bombshell was just a couple days later is when Brian Flores accuses Stephen Ross, the owner, of purposely tanking, forcing him to tank. Um, he was accusing them of um, giving phony interviews and um, some racist things. So with all that being said, and all that being done, the NFL started a investigation. And in that investigation, they did not find them to be guilty of tanking. Uh, they did find that there were some remarks made, but those remarks could be potentially made tongue-in-cheek. And Stephen Ross could be stating the obvious, yeah, if you're bad, you do want a, a good draft pick. But he wasn't forcing Brian Flores to go out there and lose games. And there's even evidence that Brian Flores won his last two games, taking them out of the Joe Burrow sweepstakes um, and into the Tua slash Herbert sweepstakes, forcing them to take Tua. So with all that said, what they did find, which I find incredibly intriguing, <laughs> is they found that the Miami Dolphins were tampering trying to acquire Tom Brady as early as August of 19. So if everybody... You know, let's just do a quick little check notes. Uh, that was Tom Brady's last year in New England, and they're actively trying to get him to their team. And it happened again on the second instance this past year in Tampa. Uh, it's pretty much a fact at this point. We know that Tom Brady, I don't know, jokingly retired to try and get his way forced over to Miami. It didn't work out. And then there was some tampering on Sean Payton as well this past season. Yeah, I'm going to let you start first. There's a there's a first round pick taken and a future I believe fourth round pick taken. What is your what's your initial reaction to all this that the Dolphins are trying their hardest to get freaking the the Dolphin killer Tom Brady? I I just just blows my mind like because uh, all these rumors like the, the Sean Payton thing all these rumors were like so out of left field when I at least I just I'm like there's no way this is real and then it comes to light to where it, there's truth behind it. I don't know if like did you know because Stephen Ross is 
a U of M alum and booster, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I don't know if like I don't know if he just felt like he could get away with it or because he knows Tom Brady somehow, some way, or had the Michigan tie like I don't understand. I, I don't know. Very risky, but uh yeah, I just it, it, they 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 shot themselves in the foot. I mean, plain and simple. Brad, I know you got an opinion. Yeah, I guess it's just First of all, I don't blame any team for trying to get Tom Brady. I mean, any team especially that doesn't need a quarterback. Like, I I don't fault them for that. Um, I guess when it comes to, like, them tampering to do it, I guess at this point, the more more, uh, cameras that start to be everywhere, the more resources we have, the more we're going to find out every team cheats uh, to some degree. And if theirs was to try and acquire Tom Brady, I wouldn't be too mad. But the thing is, is looking at the punishment that was handed down, I don't think anyone really gives a, a shit about the, the money fine or the owner being suspended. I don't even know what that means for a team. Okay. But you look they have at like seven team, owners. Right. But you look <laughs> at a team that just gave up seven or five picks to get Tyree kill. And now they lose another first. And then the following year, another third, you're drafting starters in the first three rounds and they're behind the eight ball. And you look at this team. Okay. I do believe in Tua and I like McDaniel, but you have a first year head coach a quarterback who's gone through some turmoil in a messy front office. Now this fine. I guess the one thing you can look forward to as a Dolphins fan, even though it's been ugly the last couple of years, is everything's over. And now you have Tua, you have McDaniel, you have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. You're going to try and move forward in an offensive league. You know, you've got a good nucleus on your offense, decent defense. So I guess this is now a fresh start going forward for the Dolphins. They're going to lose some picks, but Man, between the Tyreek Hill trade and this punishment, losing seven picks in the next two two years is brutal. I have two points to make. So the first point this is so funny that this all happened the way it did today. It all happened at about 1150. Juan Soto was traded, and then like 1155, we see this breaking news that the Dolphins are getting hit literally right before noon today. It was like all coming at once. But it's really funny because yesterday, yesterday at around 1 p.m., uh, talking to a buddy of mine, friend of the pod, Andrew Bradish, Dolphins fan. And we were talking about the Dolphins. And he had noted to me something I did not know. All the picks that they gave up for Tyreek, they still had two first-round picks going into next season. I thought that. And, I'm glad you said that. Yep. And he told me something. He goes, those two picks, we're not, we weren't going to move them. Because this is, if we can't get Tua to be something more than what Tua is, we need both of those two picks because we're going to be good. Let's be honest. They're going to win eight, nine, ten games. They're not going to have a top five pick. They need those two picks to then move up to, into that top five to get a C.J. Stroud, a Bryce Young, whoever the hell pops off like a, a Joe Burrow did a couple of years ago. So they needed those picks. And now that pick is gone. They lost it. So they only have the 49er pick. That's all they have. And the 49ers are projected to be pretty good. Really good. Yeah. I just have one question. Does this mean there's 31 picks in the first round next year? Correct. Or do it happened a couple years 30, ago. Or do they move every pick up one? Okay, so there's only 31. It's 31 picks. It happened. Uh, New England had their pick taken a couple of years ago, their first round pick from Deflate gotcha. Gate, maybe. It's been a Whatever couple of years. I think I just, it was Deflate Gate. I didn't know how that worked. Yep, 30, 31 picks. That's how it goes. Um, second thing, my second note. I do find this very funny that the way all of this came out, the reason that Brian Flores did all this, do you remember what the initial thing was? Wasn't it racism? Well, 
I thought he was saying that. Well, they do you were remember? Do you remember what his number one evidence boost was for this entire thing? I don't. Bill Belichick accidentally texted him. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's thinking right. He was, yeah. Thinking he that was the other. Thought he was Brian, Brian Dable, Dable, but he's Brian Flores. And it's funny he did because that on purpose. He, he did. did it's he knew a, the a, Dolphins were tampering in 2019, <laughs> and he not, plays chess, not checkers, baby. Don't cross the hoodie, bro. Don't cross the hoodie. Don't you, oh he hates God. Tom Brady, but nobody else could have him type shit. He's going to be at a podium tomorrow, and they're going to say, did you send that in text? He's going to be like, you know, we're just we're trying to get better over there. Just, and uh, I said, Brian, do you know the wrong guy? You know, you know he's. it's funny because, like, Week one, we play the Dolphins, so they're going to ask him questions about the Dolphins, and he's, he's not going to be allowed to say, I'm focused on the Dolphins. Yeah, no shit, so are we. <laughs> God. All right, moving on from the train wreck that is the Dolphins. We'll keep it moving here. Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Brad, you're good at this stuff. Do you want to give a quick lowdown on what is happening with Deshaun Watson as far as what his current suspension is and if it yeah. can or can not go down? I'll, I'll try and do my best. I don't want to give it too short because I just want to make sure everyone understands what's going on. Yep. So this is the so Roger Goodell, since he's been in power as the commissioner, has done a pretty good job. The NFL has grown exponentially. However, the one spot that he's done bad in is inconsistent suspensions. So the new thing that they've formulated is the NFL and NFLPA have a judge, in this case Sue Robinson, come in, hear both sides of the story, and then she gives a suspension. Here's where it gets fuzzy in this situation entirely. She said six games. We've all seen the little posts and the breakdowns. She gave six games. In the next three days, there's an option. The NFLPA or the NFL, Roger Goodell, can appeal and basically try and change the suspension. The NFLPA said, we're not doing that. However, the NFL, if they choose to appeal, there's not much of a process. Goodell's like, Sue said six. We don't care. This is what we're going to actually do. Now, the struggle with that is on one side, this is the first case they've ever done, but it also happens to be the most complex, elongated, messed up, weird situation. And then on the other side, if Roger Goodell, which he is there to protect the owners and the league, he the, the perception and the biggest demographic rising in NFL fans is women in the United States. So if they want a better perception and he says, yeah, I'm going to appeal and I'm going to go to eight or 10 or a full season. There's two things that happen. One, well, why did we put this into effect, Goodell? Like, why is this even an option? And the other thing is, if he does appeal and say Roger Goodell says full season or 14 games, Deshaun Watson's team can then, like, take the NFL to court over this suspension. That would blow up and become an entire legality thing. And until that court case is settled, Deshaun Watson, the suspension cannot be implemented at that point. So Deshaun Watson would start week one. And then once they decide on a number in that court, then his suspension would start in the middle of some season. But Roger Goodell, it is anticipated that he's going to appeal and move it up. But nobody knows. It's all hearsay. It's all people's opinions. Right now, it's six games. It's going to stay that way. We are in day one of three for Roger Goodell to say, I appeal, and I'm going to move it to such and such number. And then we'll see what Deshaun's team wants to do or the NFLPA if they want to take this to court and blow the whole thing up. Because on the other side, Goodell could always come in and say, you know, I thought he might have deserved more than six games, but this is why we put this in place. We're going to go with Sue Robinson's judgment. We're going to go six games. And he can kind of say, like, hey, my hands are free. It's not me this time. 
and not take ownership of this decision. Whatever it is, I think we all know how this goes. Everyone's going to have an opinion, good, bad, this, that. Deshaun Watson's going to serve his suspension, and by week 10, it's over. It's just going to be a, a PR battle for the beginning, and I, I feel like just like everything, the NFL will just keep moving. But that's essentially, I hope I broke it down. I spoke kind of fast, but that is what is going on with Deshaun. There's two things I want to add before I give Yao a chance to uh, give his opinion on the suspension. So two things. A, the NFLPA slash Deshaun's team have confirmed they 100%, no matter what the term was, they were going to accept the punishment that Sue Robinson appointed. That being six games, I think they're ecstatic. <laughs> They've also said on the flip side, they want and hope that Roger Goodell will leave this alone because this is what was in the, the players union contract. If he then attacks this and adds games, they will take him to court as a void of, of contract from the NFLPA and basically saying you, you breached our, our contract. You, you appointed these suspensions that you said you would not do. Also to add to that, just briefly, most people believe if Roger Goodell is willing to weather a PR storm of this being public in court, most people believe whatever he extends the suspension to, him and the NFL will be able to hold up in court and get it cemented. They don't think Roger Goodell would lose in court. And uh, whether they choose to or not, they did say if he gets a full year, Deshaun suing the NFL. I don't know yeah. what all that would entail, but it, it's it's kind of a mess. We'll just have to see how it goes. Dan, I'll leave this to you. Quick question. Six games, too little, just right, too much. And do you think Roger will add or leave it alone? Both things. Oh, boy. And this is just such a sticky situation. And just, just, just. just oh, boy. Like, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> didn't mean to do that. Oh, this, this, pod, this pod needs more comedy. Let's go. But, but you know what, though? Like, kind of what Brian was saying. The inconsistency is there. Uh, you know, we'll get to that in a second. But I, I think I don't know what I don't know if six games is enough. Or I mean, because you got all these all these women coming out, like a good amount of women, uh, saying you know what what happened with them, and it's, it's I guess it's up to you, the reader, the whatever, to to decide whether or not they're making it up or not, and. In the meet in this Me Too movement that's over the last you know five six years whatever I don't know man I think I think it's gonna stay at six I don't think it's gonna go any any shorter or any less but the the one side the the the, the answer I don't think is gonna be one uh, one size shoe fits all I don't it's just I understand that each situation is different but it, I mean Tom Brady for deflating four games this guy doing happy endings or whatever six games. It's just, uh, I, I don't know, man. It's just, there's, I don't think we will ever have a good answer for it. And uh, I, if I'm a Browns fan right now, I like we're going into a season where we just got rid of a quarterback who took you to the heights, which you haven't seen since, you know, Bill Clinton administration. Well, even before that, <laughs> but like <laughs> now you, you shafted that quarterback and you bring in this guy, you sell the farm for him. And, now we don't even know if he's going to even – when he's going to play. I, I just think it's just not worth it. You don't want all this headache. And just as a Raiders fan, I know all about offseason issues. You don't want any of this. You want your team focused. And now when you're at practice, 
you got a quarterback, Deshaun Watson's in there warming up with the ones, and it could be all for nothing, you know? I, yeah. It's just um, – it's just if I'm a Browns fan, like I said, I, I don't want any part of this. This is this is kind of ruining. I, like right now, going into the season, it'd be bittersweet for me. I'm excited for football season, but then again, here, I don't even know who the hell my quarterback is. And now you're going to trot out Jacoby Brissett, and you're going to be mediocre on offense for a month and a half, at least. Brad, yep. six games, too light, just right, too much. Um, I thought it wasn't enough. Um, I thought the minimum should have been eight games. Um, just kind of, you know, weirdly enough, I thought them having a bye week, week nine, I thought eight was a perfect time for the NFL to do it for a lot of reasons, even if there's a second agenda other than just mm-hmm. the punishment. Eight weeks come in during the bye week, excuse me, and then he plays. Um, we, we have talked a lot about um, that kind of stuff, but on the field, like Dan just mentioned, a month and a half with Jacoby Brissett, um, experienced veteran, they have a great O-line. They averaged five yards a carry last year. Good defense. Um, they did find a loophole that Deshaun Watson's only owed $700,000 this year. So his game check finds that's another problem that the outside perspective has. But you can't blame Deshaun and the Browns for using that to protect Deshaun to get him. You know, the NFL would do anything they can to save money as well. Um, and their first six games being the Panthers, Jets, Steelers, uh, Falcons, Patriots and Chargers. You know, this is a team that with Jacoby Brissett could be three and three, I think, at worst. I think they're they're good enough to do that. So for Browns fans, <clears throat> you know, they're gonna put on that hat of it's not the morality league, it's the NFL. You know, we cheer for the team, not what they do off the field, you know, things of that nature. Um I go, I went through a little bit of that with the stuff that happened with Ben early on in his career. So Again, it, as much as it's a storm right now, and we we have to talk about it, and everyone's got to talk about it. As sad as it is, six months from now, no one's really going to bring it up. If they win a playoff game, upset the Bills in the first round of the playoffs, and Deshaun has 400 yards passing, I mean, when you're watching that game, are you going to not be as excited for the play? I I don't know because. It's he said, she said, there isn't really a lot of evidence. Nothing's leaked to us yet. So we're also putting a lot of feelings towards a guy on stuff we don't know. And, you know, I've heard some people looked up some of those masseuses that came out, you know, for these allegations also booked more than one appointment. It was something that they continued to endure. And now, so it's like Dan said, it's a sticky situation. Um, I thought it should have been eight, but. My question is, is, is like, so we got Deshaun Watson doing this, whatever. How does how does a man like Dan Bilzerian, like, get squeaky clean off the radar, huh? He's surrounded by women all the time. Like, it's like he can do it. And then I don't know. And that's what I explained. That's what I explained too. Uh, the NFLPA was trying to get zero games. It might not be for the conviction that they believe Deshaun should get zero. They were kind of using him as a poster to say, why don't the owners or these people get punished and players do? So mm-hmm. Deshaun is caught in the middle of this situation with a very extreme case of massive quantity. And you also have a new rule where the Sue Robinson comes in and there's so many variables and it's so, it's just so weird. I thought it should have been more than six games, but I'm a fan of the NFL. I like watching good quarterback play. I know they're in my division, but I hold Deshaun very highly as a talented player on the field. And, you know, every player's got probably some shady stuff they're doing off the field that I may not agree with if it came to light. I don't want to go 
really any much more longer on this, but I do want to make a couple of points. So I've heard a lot of people say, well, he basically already got suspended last year. No, he didn't get suspended last year. He sat out. But here's my one thing that I will kind of like piggyback on that. I'm annoyed that the NFL waited until he was traded and on a new team to actively pursue this. Why yeah, weren't they? Pers- like they did put it off. They did. Why did? Why weren't you pursuing this last year when he was part of the Houston Texans? Because you knew he wasn't going to play. I'm sorry. I think that's bullshit. <laughs> Second thing is, and I think this is like probably. I don't know that it's necessarily the most important thing, but like I kind of was always going to be just okay with whatever the suspension was, even if it was zero. And I guess my take on the whole thing is it's not, it has nothing to do with women or men or really anybody. He wasn't criminally charged for anything. And the people that he had issues with, whether those are women, men, kids, whoever it is, he settled those things out of court. And like looking back at the Zeke situation, the Ben Roethlisberger situation, obviously those things are wrong. They were probably over penalized. And therefore Deshaun's, I think is probably right around where it should or could be. And, you know, people like Tom Brady over penalized. And the the biggest thing that everyone's going to bring up, and I think that's why Deshaun probably should have got a year. Calvin Ridley is sitting at home right now because he bet $1,500 on his team to win while he was in an emotional state dealing with mental health issues at the end of last year. It's really fucked up, but I'm ready to talk uh, AFC West now, boys. Are you guys ready? Let's do yes. it. So we always start backwards to forwards, worst team to first team. Um, I don't want us to give our official predictions as far as who's winning the division until the very end, but feel free to give any other predictions as we go. Dan, I know you haven't done these, but you've listened to a couple of ours. You kind of understand the structure here. Start with the Broncos, their 2021 record. They were seven and 10. They did fire their coach. They brought in new coach, Nathan Hackett out of uh, green Bay. And I think their ads are going to sound very familiar because I think that they probably had the number one signing of the offseason, number one trade, number one acquisition. Uh, they, they brought in did. Russell Wilson. I think it was number one in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, no, you're, you're good. So they bring in Russell Wilson from the, um, from the Seattle Seahawks. They also bring in Randy Gregory. They were kind of in a bidding war with the Cowboys over this, but they ended up landing him on a five-year deal. Shockingly, I was really looking over their ads and losses. They did not add a, a ton of name variety. I could sit here and list a bunch of players that they signed, but you as a listener are going to be like, who, 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 who? There's just not a lot of name variety there. Uh, as far as losses goes, lost Teddy Bridgewater. He goes over to Miami to back up Tua. I don't think that's a huge loss, but he was a veteran. They People like people liked Teddy when he goes to the locker room. They did lose their Pro Bowl tight end, Noah Fant. Really great young tight end in this league. I think a lot of people like him. I think the Seattle Seahawks are, are favorable to have him um, with Metcalf in with Lockett over there. And then they lose cornerback Kyle Fuller. So I have that as my ads and losses. Brad, is there anything else you wanted to add as far as that goes? Again, no. lots of – there's just – there was no name variety in these ads and losses. Again, I could list names, but you'd be like, who are these people? Maybe that's a testament to the, the Denver Broncos just being a really young team. Maybe that's the fact that they just don't have a lot of um, big heavy hitters, or maybe that's the fact that they're bringing back a shit ton of pieces. Dan, is there anything you wanted to add to that? 
I'm, I'm, on the key losses, I had Shelby Harris. I think that was one of the defensive linemen. Okay. And um, I guess you want to say key loss today before we went live is it looks oh. like Patrick towards ACL in practice. And a DB. Their number three or potential number three. Yeah. Yeah, Tim and, Patrick actually, in my opinion, I thought had the biggest upside with Russell Wilson joining. Like, obviously, he was like their number two or three receiver, but I thought he had the best ceiling potential adding Russ. I thought he was a nice piece. But, yeah, like you said, he tore his ACL. I do have two things I want to note. So they were 7-10 and 10 last year. 322 points on defense allowed last year. That was the third best in the league. So this team was 100% a defensive team. On the flip side of that, they uh, they only scored 335. That's 19 points a game. Do the math. It was actually one of the bottom teams in the league. All the other teams that were averaging roughly that were your bottom barrel teams. So Denver adding Russell Wilson, I think, has a ton of peak potential. Dan, I'll let you go first. Initially, what are your thoughts on the Broncos before we go into first five? Broncos, overall for me, I think that their offense has a lot of potential. Um, so we'll get to how I have them personally stacked in my thing uh, or in my uh, predictions, whatever. But I'm not entirely sure what will happen with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. They don't really, they don't, there's not a lot of pizzazz there for me personally. And that's not being a Raiders fan hating. Uh, I do like their secondary. Patrick Sertain, I thought, was a phenomenal pick last year. Um, so, I like their running back room. I like their secondary. Front seven is okay. It's doable. It's serviceable. Uh, but Russell Wilson is, I mean, Russell Wilson, um, I just, I think his weapons are going to have to prove it. I'm, it. For the Broncos, I can best say for me is how Michigan was going into 2021 for me. I have to see it to believe it. The Broncos have been, honestly, quarterback carousel like the Cleveland Browns for a long time here. They finally have, looks what it could be a piece for the future. Um, and for a chance to make a threat in the AFC. But, again, I have to uh, see with my eyes to uh, to buy in. Brad, uh, initial reactions to Denver, what you think of them. <clears throat> also, is Russell Wilson washed? Uh, we'll get to our quarterback rankings later. Russell Wilson is not washed. I think <clears throat> people are forgetting about how there was a couple years in a row he dragged a dead Seahawks team just to, to places they shouldn't have been. And last year caught up, hand injury, tried to play through it. And, you know, we'll see a better Russell Wilson this year. Um, I was high in the Bronx, go ahead. So hand injury, um, do you do you need that to play quarterback? Well, it was on his throwing hand, so it shouldn't have bothered him. So, Yikes. I, but unfortunately, no he wasn't over to Yeah. So um, me personally, um, as you know, on this show, I've never been high on Lockett or DK Metcalf. I think Russell Wilson made both those guys. Um, we talked about, you know, back in early, you know, draft talks, maybe first first draft pod, you know, is it going to be CD Lamb or Jerry Judy? Well, now Jerry Judy has that quarterback because everyone talks about his separation, his route running ability. Cortland Sutton's a big body. KJ Handler's a gadget guy. You look at their running backs. Javante Williams is a dog. Here's a little nugget, though, here. Melvin Gordon came back for one year. Although Javante Williams outtouched Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon in 10 of the 14 games they played together outscored Javante in fantasy points. Russell Wilson and Melvin Gordon were teammates at Wisconsin. So keep that in mind for your fantasy picks. This will be maybe the best offensive line 
that he'll Russell's had in a long time across the board. He's had the left tackle at Seahawks, but across the board, he's got a much better line. Um, Russell Wilson only had six interceptions last year, so he really takes care of the football. He was hurt. Um, well, I get that, but he still had 25 touchdowns over 3,000 yards, only six picks. So with him being able to take care of the ball and still put up production, you look at maybe they're going to be playing with a lead in mile high. And we just noted their linebacking core in the middle and their DTs have questions, but they have pass rushers and an elite secondary. Ronald Darby, Patrick Sertan, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson. Four guys who all could, all could make the Pro Bowl this year. They're all fantastic. Um, I think that... Russell Wilson is a three-game flip. I think if they played the exact same schedule, they'd go from seven and ten to at least ten and seven. However, ten and seven might not be good for second place in this division because it's so good. You have to play outstanding. We'll get to where we have them in the final rankings later. But the Broncos are going to be a fantastic team that no one wants to play. And I think this is one of the teams that'll maybe be seven and one or eight and zero when it comes to home games at Mile High with Russ. So. Going into this season, I as a as just an observer, I didn't think Denver was or sorry going into last season. I didn't think Denver had much going for them. You were high on them. Um, you were mostly right as far as their defense goes. Their offense just unfortunately couldn't get it going. They didn't have the quarterback play. So trading Noah Fant coming into this season to get Russell Wilson totally get why you did it. I mean, we're talking Noah Fant for Russell. I'm doing it too. That's the best player they gave up. It does suck that they lost Noah Fant because I do think they're missing a tight end element on this team. I just who is their starting tight end? I honestly don't even know. Feel That's free to look question. it up. Feel free to look it up. But I did think they had no A receivers. I know some people think they have some A receivers. I think they have a bunch of B receivers. Sutton, I think, is a B. Who's their tight end? You're laughing. His name is Albert Okwegabonagum. There's like 26 letters in this thing, bro. I don't know. Okay. It's so nobody knows who that is. Nobody knows Big who that L. is. So they don't have a proven tight end. But here's the problem. So you have Jerry Judy. In my opinion, he was the worst of the first round receivers outside of Jalen Rager. We're not including him. Okay. Uh, he hasn't really shown much. Hopefully he does now. Corton Sutton. I think he's another B receiver. He is coming off an injury season. And then he had the bounce back season last year, but really just didn't have the breakaway season that he had three seasons ago. Then you have KJ Hamler, out of Penn State, speedy guy, burner. I think they wanted him to be like a Tyree Kill, but really just hasn't really shown that. He, I think he had one solid game last year. And then, in my opinion, one of their better body receivers, a guy that can go up and get a jump ball, just more physically dominant, and I thought had a ton of upside, looks like he probably tore his ACL this this today. So, in Tim Patrick. They still have three solid receivers. Russell Wilson adds an element, and they do have – what I think could be one of the best rushing attacks. I like Denver. I just don't know how much more I like them. They're better than seven and 10, 100% better than seven and 10, but I don't, I think they could probably flip flop the record, maybe a 10 and seven. Let's just go ahead and get to their first five. Well, um, go, go ahead. I just, I just want to add one more thing. So I think part of being a good organization or good team is you have to beat the teams you're supposed to be. You can't like yes. stoop down to competition. So I look at their wins last year. Giants, Jaguars, Jets, Washington, Dallas, Detroit, and they beat the Chargers once. Okay. So it's like, mm -hmm. okay, they beat all the teams they were supposed to. Who did they lose to? 
Ravens, Steelers, Raiders, Browns, Chiefs, Bengals, Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs. The teams they lost to were all playoff caliber good teams, but they did beat the teams they're supposed to. So I think with Russ coming in, they're going to win. They're now able to compete with those other quarterbacks they were losing to. And I just think that's where the turn is. I know you could say, oh, well, they beat bad teams. Yeah, well, there's some good teams that slip up and lose to bad teams, and it's the difference late in the season. They didn't do that. Let's start with the first five. Yeah, I'm going to have you go first, but I got to announce this. So here's here's their first game of the year. Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos traveled to Seattle on Monday Night Football to kick us off. I think that is an absolute banger, even though Seattle sucks. I think it's fun. Great storyline game. Not going to see much of Seattle this year. I think they're going to probably fly under the radar. But <clears throat> it's a perfectly good big one for to start the week. Where do you got week one, Broncos and Seahawks? Go ahead, Dan. I got them with the dub. I think they go on the <laughs> road and they win. I think they run the tight one. Um, I mean, but he's going to cook in a Broncos uniform. And, uh, yeah, so I got the Broncos. Brad? Yeah. Um, I have the Broncos winning, and I believe that after week two, the Broncos will have the biggest point differential in the NFL after two weeks. I think uh, they're going to slaughter both teams. They're, they're, they're at Seattle, and then their home opener, I think they absolutely crush. Yeah, so I have them winning Seattle, though I do think it's tight. I don't think they're just going to slaughter them. Uh, it's week one. We have no idea what Seattle looks like post-Russell, and neither does Denver. Dude, Pete Carroll's going to dial up everything he can to beat Russ. I think it's going to be a really great first game. And it's Monday night at the 12s. Dude, dude, the thing is, when Russ plays, yeah. it's quiet there. He's never played with Holy shit. Yeah, and it'll be fun to see. It, it's going to be fun to see uh, <clears throat> Russell Wilson. Him trying to pump against, the crowd down. Yeah, it's going to be fun watching him go up against Bobby Wagner, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas. Oh, wait, all those guys are gone. They're trash. The Seahawks are bad, bro. Bad. I have them winning two. Week two <laughs> versus Houston, home opener for the Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson. Dan? A w. <laughs> you said W. I also have them as a W. They're 2-0. All of us got 2-0. Week three, home against the Niners, Dan. Yeah, I got a W. I think they take home the Niners or, or take the, the Niners uh, out for a W at home. Okay. <clears throat> Brad? Trey Lance versus that secondary is the difference. I think the Broncos take take a win here. Um, I will say, though, this Broncos team, four primetime games in the first six weeks. We're going to get to see them quite a bit. It is a hard place to play, mile high. But I do think that there's two emotional games. You got Russ heading back to Seattle. Then you got home opener with a competent quarterback. Denver's going to be hot. Week three, they're exhausted. Niners outrun them. They move to two and one. So week four, here we go. <laughs> Broncos at Las Vegas Raiders. Dan, we'll talk about the Raiders momentarily, but uh, give us a preview of this game. Who wins? Well, I got the Raiders uh, taking the W here. It's going to be super close. Again, some people who don't know me are going to sound like that's a homer pick, but uh, I think this is going to be an emotional win here. The the Raiders, um, I think, are, are going to be splitting with the rest of the division, uh, potentially. But I think here they're going to take care of the Broncos, at least at home. I think that's going to be back and forth all year round. I think it's going to be 
uh, who's home, who's away. Um, but Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, uh, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Broncos got a good secondary, but they can't double team everybody. And um, I think that the pass rush um, on the Raiders side will keep Russell Wilson contained. And Russell Wilson, uh, his one bugaboo, or one, you know, not every person's perfect, but I think one of uh, Russell Wilson's negative things is sometimes he holds on to the ball for too long and will take a sack scrambling around out of the pocket. And I think Max Crosby and Chandler Jones is going to make life help for him, at least at home here. And um, so give me the uh, the Raiders by five. Um, <clears throat> just looking ahead, we'll get to it soon. Um, I have the Broncos at three and no. This potentially could already be a must win for the Raiders here week four at home. I like the Raiders to get the W against the Broncos. I actually also like the Raiders. Uh, from a lot of the reasons you just gave, I also believe that home field advantage in this division is going to be massive this year. And I think every team's going to bring it when they do have a home game. Um, I think it's big. I got the Raiders in a W week five, man, this is a, this is a tough three game stretch. I mean, it goes actually even deeper. We won't get too much into it, but uh, week five, they're home against the Colts. What do you got, Dan? I was kind of back and forth, to be honest, with this one for for a long time. I ha- I'll, I I'll go with what I had originally. I think they have an L here. Um, I know that we talked about already how good the Broncos secondary is, and I know uh, the the Colts have a lot of question marks at wide receiver. You know, um, Pittman has got to really take a, a step forward this year. And the um, who's the other fellow? I'm, I'm not. I can't think of uh, Paris Campbell, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So I think they're, it's going to be relied on, obviously, with the Jonathan Taylor show. Um, I just maybe maybe it is my little my bias peeking out just a little wee bit. But I, I originally got the Colts here. I'm, I'm going to ride with the with Indianapolis taking an upset here. Brad, you love the Colts. I don't remember what prediction you gave in the AFC South pod, but. Yeah, um, <clears throat> the thing is, is like like Dan said, receivers are going to have to step up for the Colts. Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, and their draft pick, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. A lot of question marks there at the wide receiver position. But like I said, I think the weakness of this Broncos defense is their middle linebackers and their defensive tackles. Um, and this is Jonathan Taylor, one of the top two running backs in the NFL. It's on a short week, Thursday night. It's going to be a physical battle. And um, I just like the way the Colts match up with this Broncos team, and I'm going to have the Broncos 3-2 and two, um, after their first five games. So I have them at 2-2 two and two right now. They've lost to the Niners and the Raiders. Unlike you two, I have them beating the Colts. I'm not, I don't love the Colts' offense. They, they pose one threat, in my opinion, and that's a run. And to be honest, I, I think Denver in the cold – or I mean, at mile high. I shouldn't say in the cold. Yeah, it'll still be a, almost September. Um, at mile high with their pieces, Russ flying off a, a, a two-game losing streak. I think they get the W. I got them moving to three and two just like you do, different way. And then you had them at what? Three and two. We all have them at three and two? Dan, you got them at three and yep. two? Yes, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we'll talk about the sixth game in a second, but I will talk about it with the Chargers. So anything else on the Broncos? No, uh, I just want to say if they end up doing coming in fourth, I, I think it's going to be the most respectable fourth place in the league, um, just with how how loaded the division is. Um, 
But you got to love Russell Wilson because, again, what he's been able to do with the Seahawks offense, you'd have to assume he's going to be able to do with this Broncos offense. But it's going to be fun to watch him. Like I said, six primetime games in the first uh, – in the or four primetime games in the first six, and then their eighth game is in London. So technically we're going to see a ton of the Broncos through September and October. Cool beans. Well, I think uh, this next team is a team that a lot of people are really excited about. So third place last year was the L.A. Chargers. Their 2021 schedule or, uh, record was 9-8. and eight. Uh, What did they do <clears throat> in the offseason? They added all-pro corner J.C. Jackson. They added all-pro pass rusher Cleo Mack via trade. They added tight end Gerald Everett. They added longtime Patriot linebacker Kyle Van Noy. And they added defensive tackle Carlo Kemp that's five names that I bet you 99% of the people know um, those are big acquisitions they did lose Jared Cook the tight end uh, defensive end Linville Joseph and then running back Justin Jackson not a ton lost here when I was going over their ads and losses they mostly added big time players and didn't lose a whole lot um, they've drafted well on the offensive line the last couple of years. They do have a relatively young and healthy secondary. Derwin James finally played uh, a really respectable season. And then two things I wanted to point out. 459 points they gave up last year on defense. That was a fourth worst in the league. They were horrendous on defense. But 27.8 points per game, that was by far the most of any team that didn't make the playoffs. They had the highest. They were up there with all the big dogs. They can score points with anybody. And their big offseason news, they signed Mike Williams back three years, $60 million. Brad, I'll let you start here. I know you're big on the Chargers. Yeah. I know you love it, the Chargers. They're your it, new Colts. It does not mean that I have them winning the division. I didn't say you did. Is, I know, but this is my team I predict to win the Super Bowl. This is my preseason Super Bowl pick. I think the Chargers – do extremely well this year. I I believe with the Eagles, they have the best offensive line in the NFL. I think that's huge. They have, in my opinion, a top five quarterback in the NFL. Maybe a spoiler for later. I think with Austin Eckler, I think they got an outstanding draft pick in Isaiah Spiller, who fell to them a little bit later in the draft to back him up. Keenan Allen, Josh Williams, I think leads – you know, any three is going to be able to do well if those are your one and two, taking up a lot of coverage in the back end. On defense, I think it was before T.J. Watt, everyone wanted to talk about Khalil Mack or Aaron Donald. That was a huge discussion. He's kind of disappeared a little bit on a pretty subpar Bears team. I think it's an absolute resurgence. We look at Asante Samuel Jr., outstanding corner. Now he's the second best. Asante Samuel Jr. is the second best quarter. That is ridiculous. J.C. Jackson my opinion, second best corner in the NFL. Derwin James is looking healthy at camp. I just, this team was only the Lions and Bears had more fourth down attempts and the Chargers led in fourth down conversions. They are aggressive. They are proactive. They have a outstanding quarterback who I love. Go back and look at the picks. I know it's still up in the air and it's close. I think Justin Herbert should have been drafted over Burrow. I've been so high in this team. It's, I know it's hard to crown him because they haven't even made the playoffs with Herbert. I understand that. But he set the record for most touchdown passes in your first two years. He threw for over 5,000 last year. I am ready for this team to go. I am so excited to watch the Chargers this year. 
Joey Bosa, Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil, Khalil Mack. I think that's a really good linebacking core. Outstanding secondary. That's going to, like you said, they gave up so many points last year. I think that's done. And I don't know what their takeaways were. That's going to improve. I just think this team is awesome across the board. And again, I think the three pieces you got to have to have a good football team to start is you have to have a quarterback, check, protect your quarterback, big check, and get the other teams, Bosa and Mac. I, I just think that they are prepared in every facet of the game to go, and I think only injuries can stop this team. Again, with the Super Bowl prediction, AFC is loaded. I think this team will be in the mix, but you do have a, a ton of teams in the AFC. But these guys are those guys, and they will be them guys. I'm just telling you, these the Chargers are ready. And that – come on now. When they release that animated schedule release, I mean – their social media team is the best in the NFL. I mean, just come on. I'm all in on the Chargers. Chips in the center. Show me the cards. Let's go. Dan, what do you got on the Chargers? Well, I'll start with this first. You started opening here, Jeff, with uh, with saying that everyone's going to be excited about the Chargers. Hell no. I hope these motherfuckers <laughs> lose every game possible. <laughs> God, you know, I'll say this real quick. Over the, over the last couple of years, getting to know a lot of Chargers uh, fans on, on Facebook through my Facebook group, um, I can tell that the rivalry in California is like Michigan-Ohio State here, probably even more amped up because of the, the state pride. Uh, but no, I, 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 I absolutely loathe the chargers, but I'm definitely right there with Brad. I think this team can make a, a, a big splash in the AFC and especially in the playoff picture. Uh, but yeah, again, these guys upgraded probably the best in, my, in the NFL, in my opinion, overall, I think uh, their secondary is ridiculous. Uh, it's going to be very hard to throw the ball on them, at least on paper, I was really hoping J.C. Jackson was going to be a Raider this year. Um, obviously, that didn't happen, and I wanted Khalil Mack to come back to be uh, another a Raider again. That didn't happen. Um, so they, they're solid on defense, right? We, we've, we've talked about it. Their weapons, obviously, Mike Williams took a, a huge leap last year. Um, and on their losses, like I, I wrote down to Chenna Nwosu and Kaiser White. I don't even know who the hell they are. I think they're linebackers, right? And they don't even need them. Um, but – I think really the only thing that's holding this team back, and I even feel like it was even in the prior regime before Staley got there, was just kind of the coaching decisions. And uh, I think Brandon Staley tried to play Billy Bean Moneyball last year with the analytics and go and being a gambler. And sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. Maybe if they play those games again, you know, it, it comes out different on their side. But it seemed like even in 2020, uh, they they lost too many games that they should have won, and it was probably on on their coaching. So. Um, they don't have experience in the playoffs, so we'll see. Obviously, what happens to that, especially um, if they have to go play at a at a at a, uh, at, a uh, at you know somewhere else on at a you know being at the away team, whatever on the road. The road game. Um, yep. Yes, uh, but yeah, I, that's all I can say about that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I just gave you all the all the details of the Chargers, but I do think that this is. <clears throat> Every year there's teams that miss the playoffs and make it, and I, I, I just find it almost impossible to find a situation that they miss it. I think this is just such a – they're so talented offensively. They knew what their challenges were going into the offseason. They needed to shore up the defense, and they got dogs. Carlo Kemp and Cleo Mack on the defensive line. Kyle Van Noy, a calf, 
former captain for New England, um, a veteran linebacker. And then they go out and get J.C. Jackson, who is, uh, in my opinion, not the best corner of the league. He's the best ball hawk in the league and has been for the last three years. Um, he, he's not about he's not about getting pass breakups. He's about snatching that ball and getting it back to the other team. So let's get into the first five. Brad, first game of the year. Chargers are home against the Raiders. I, I like the Chargers. I like the Chargers. I think the, the best part of the Raiders' defense is their pass rush, and I think they're coming up against a really good offensive line. Um, I, I just, again, I think the Chargers at home open it up. Uh, you see the ticket sales for the Chargers spiking the last two years. I think this will be the first year we start to see an actual home field advantage for Chargers with the arrival of Justin Herbert. The way the free agents are coming, they're they're uh, starting to you know really get into LA and really get a fan base going. So I, I, I like the Chargers to win Week One. I think that uh, at home again. I think we talked about it in this division. Home games are going to be very important. They're gonna you're going to have to win them and. Uh, I like the Chargers. Dan? Uh, I got the Chargers winning as well, unfortunately. Um, the Raiders still hold L.A. pretty pretty near and dear. Um, and, you know, last year when they were out on the road, they, they, they filled that stadium up probably close to 50%. Um, and they still lost. So uh, I still feel like the, the Raiders um, are going to be neck and neck with them. But I think the Chargers take week one. Um, I think the Raiders are going to have to. I think they're going to have a lot, a, a lot of kinks to work out before they get their engine running, and and the Raiders have a, a pretty tough schedule. But I think middle of the road, down the stretch, I think the Raiders will figure it out. But here, um, I got Herbert, and I, I hate saying that, but I got the Chargers. So well, the last time these two teams met was Week 18, in what was basically considered a playoff game. Uh, and there were some super weird situations where if the teams tied, they could both go to the playoffs. But and they were trying, they were trying to get the Steelers out of there. <laughs> it, it was the, the craziest stuff. It ends in overtime, 35-32 Raiders. Um, I think we see a similar result. I'm disagreeing with you guys. I'm very high on the Raiders this year. Um, everything that we've said about the Chargers, I believe to be more true about the Raiders, and we will talk about them momentarily. Hold on, I'm hold not on, gonna look at this. Look at this. Over the last two years, you, I, just, you just shit all over my Raiders, and this year, here it comes. We're, we're flipping a little bit. Here it comes. Oh, here it comes. <laughs> I just told Brad last week. I, I you're probably gonna be the voice of reason because my hype train on the Raiders finally is there. Yeah. So, offensive head coach. Well, you know, I'll save my reasons in a minute. I'm taking the Raiders. I'll I'll put my reasons in on the Raiders page. How's that? Uh, anything else on the Chargers? Oh wait, no, we're sorry. That's week one. I'm getting ahead of myself. Look at me. You want to get to so, the Raiders that bad, bro? <laughs> so I, I have the Raiders. I have the Raiders winning. That's an L for the Chargers. Uh, week two at Kansas City. I'll start. That's a dub. They beat Kansas City last year. I haven't beaten Kansas City again. Brad. Chargers are five and zero. Oh. You guys can tell me where you disagree. The rest of the way. <laughs> you can tell me where you disagree the rest of the way. Dan, you got a week two at Kansas City. I, I got the win and arrowhead for the Chargers. Wow. Okay. Uh, week three against the Jags. I got a W. Oh. God bless Trevor Lawrence's heart. He's gonna have a hell of a time. Uh, uh, it's gonna be a barn burner there, boys. Week four at the Texans. Mind you. 
The Texans beat the Chargers last year, did they not? You know what? I ain't looking at last year, dog. It's just a new team. <laughs> I'm just now, trying to give the, I'm trying to uh, give these guys, the listeners yeah, some suspense. Actually, actually 41 to 29. The, the Texans put up a four Texans aren't putting up a 41 piece <laughs> on the Chargers this year. They don't even I, I got the Chargers in a W. Yeah, I got the Chargers in a W. Dan, what do you got there? Same as these. Okay, week five at the Browns. We already know it's no Deshaun Watson. That's confirmed. Uh, I got the Chargers again. All right. I'm going to stop the momentum here. I actually, I'm only going to give them, I'm only predicting the L because that's what I picked and I'm going to stick with it, you know, because I prepared a long time for this. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, two back-to-back road games traveling to Cleveland, something can happen. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them the L, and I mean four and one still pretty damn good. Okay, um, so you got them at you got them at four and one. I got them at four and one. You got them at five and zero. Oh. Dan Weeks does make to, a good point though. L.A. to Houston to Cleveland, yep. like that's the yep. whole country in a couple weeks. That could be tough. Yep. Week six, they're home against the Broncos. I said we were gonna save that game. So this is the, the kind of the deciding factor. So I had the Broncos at three and two. You had them at three and two, and you had. I'm sorry, I'm pointing at the screen. Dan had them at three and two, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brad, you had them at three and two. So we all got them at three and two. Who gets the sixth game? Brad's going Chargers. Bron- Brad's going Chargers. I th- I'm going to go with Chargers too. I th- I'm going to go with Chargers too. I got. I'll have them at five and one. And do you think I'm taking Seattle the following week? Huh? <laughs> oh Hell boy! No. You got the train going on this team. I also have them winning that game. I have them moving to five and one. Uh, outside the division games, it's. I think they couldn't have asked for a better start outside of their divisional games. Brad, we're gonna get to this. Dan, we're gonna get to this. The other three teams in this division outside of Kansas City, in my opinion, got a nice shake. I don't know if you've looked the, at Kansas City's schedule. Chiefs I'm guessing you did. Destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we're not sorry no we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep it down we're gonna keep it down we'll get there in a minute we're gonna get there in a minute oh my lord all they right. are tough so we all have the chargers as a threat in this in this division clearly uh five and one five and one and five and one correct we all got them at five and one seven and, and, he, and yeah. you got them at seven and all well, you know what because you did that give me their first loss we're not gonna go um, in on this we'll let you do this when, where's their first loss that you see that you're like okay here Week 10, Sunday night at San Francisco is going to be a tough one. Okay. But again, they're not going to go 17-0. No. I know they're not. It would probably come divisional. It's probably going to come in their first seven, where I already have them at 7-0. They're probably going to drop one of those divisional games. It's just hard for me to pick a week and say Chargers versus this team and me think this team is going to beat, you know. So it's tough, but I'm sure they won't be 7-0. But I just I can't sit here and say that I'm just going to give them a win somewhere just because I think they might. You know, I just can't do it. Fair. Uh, Anything else on the Chargers, Dan? Uh, I, I know you hate them, and you wish they would finish dead last in this league. Uh, no, ton of respect for them, but yeah, like I said in the opening, uh, they're one of my favorites to be uh, a, a noisemaker in uh, in December, or yeah, whatever the hell it is. Yeah, <laughs> February. Um, 
Okay, that's that's really all I got on the Chargers. I am high on them. Uh, as, you know, I have them at five and one. I'm just you're going to see that I'm really high on the Raiders too. Uh, let's start here. L.A. Raiders. L.A. Wow. Ugh, oh, gross. Las Las Vegas Raiders. Their 2021 record was 10 and seven. Um, I did listen to the AFC West breakdown from last year, where me and Brad um, talked about this playoff team. Like they were dog shit. <laughs> so we were wrong on the Raiders last year. Um, we both thought they were probably five or less wins and they won 10 and made the playoffs and got beat by Joe Burrow. So, I mean, not too bad, not too shabby. Um, they did get a new head coach after, you know, the whole John Gruden situation and then having the interim coach coach, they go out and they get Josh McDaniels. In my opinion, I know it's going to be the Homer in me, but that's just an absolute slam dunk. Like, not a home run, just an absolute slam dunk, posterization dunk. The thing is, is, like, Josh got a chance 10 years ago, back in, like, 2009, to be the head coach of the Broncos, and it didn't work out for him. Second chances are huge. I'm big on second chances. I think Josh is going to nail this out of the park, and the team that's around him, we're going to get to. Ads. <clears throat> I don't know. Just the best wide receiver in football. They trade with the Green Bay Packers and they get Devontae Adams, former college teammate of Derek Carr. We'll talk about that connection later. Defensive end Chandler Jones had five sacks week one last year. I think he's only finished with eight. So maybe there's some situation there. Maybe he wasn't healthy. I'm not fully sure on Chandler Jones, but I do like this signing. They trade Yannick Agakwe so that they have, can bring in Chandler Jones, but they get Rakia Sin, cornerback. Um, they bring in old Patriots, third down back Brandon Bolden. They go out and they steal a player from the Chiefs, Demarcus Robinson. They go out and get a Super Bowl champion, strong safety, Deron Harmon. I was a big Deron Harmon fan was in New England. And then one of my <laughs> low-key favorite signings of the offseason for any team, Keenan Cole um, coming in and coming to be part of the Raiders. As far as losses goes, there's a lot here. Lots of them on the defensive end or defensive line. We'll talk about them, but I don't think any of them are super major and alarming. So you got Corey Littleton gone, Gerald McCoy gone, Yannick Agakwe gone via trade, Carl Nassib gone, KJ Wright gone, uh, Richie Incognito on the offensive line retires, Deshaun Jackson's out of the building, and then Marcus Mariota leaves the building. And then last but not least, before I hand off, I've talked a lot. I don't, I don't think this is – it's not a loss yet. These players are on the roster. But I think it's semi-alarming that they had three first-round picks five years ago, and they declined all of – I'm sorry, four years ago, and they declined every single one of their fifth-year options. That basically means you didn't believe in anybody that you drafted. So it is what it is. They can still resign those players. By no means are they off the roster. They're still all, all of them on the roster as of now. But, Dan, I said a lot. I'll let you kind of go in. This is your favorite All right, team. So, uh, so, yeah, with the Raiders, uh, talking about the draft thing is, is I, I like Mayock or whatever, but him and Gruden, uh, once they fall in love with someone, I think they, they fall in love a little too much and they go ahead and reach a, uh, a la Damon Arnett at Ohio State who just got busted again. Uh, but, yeah, the, the guys we're talking about is Jonathan Abram, Clem Farrell, Josh Jacobs. I don't think Josh Jacobs – I think he's on a prove-it year. Clayton Farrell's on his way out. That was a massive bust as of so far. Um, and, you know, 
Oh yeah, and John, yeah, and Jonathan Abram, he's just terrible in coverage. Unless he's playing up in the box, I'm not a fan of him either. But going into the key losses, I mean, I wrote down Henry Ruggs. That's a huge loss. That was a that was a first round pick. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe. I wish we never got rid of Ngakwe. I'd rather have Ngakwe over Chandler Jones, to be honest. It's just me. I could probably eat my own words. I just like uh, Ngakwe's relationship with Max Crosby. They built something great. They were competing, uh, competing and pushing each other. The other one, though, was Casey Hayward. He on- honestly probably had his best season as an NFL pro, and that was with the Raiders last year. And um, Zay Jones. Probably not going to light off your stat chart, but came in clutch in huge moments. And then uh, Denzel Good, he tore his ACL versus the Ravens last year, week one, was going to be competing for the guard position this year, one of the guard positions. He medically retired, so our offensive line is not very deep at all. Um, and then I will get to, let's see, uh, about the defense, um, I, I, I put probably Gus Bradley as another loss. Gus Bradley last year came in. Retool the defense with that that uh, that zone three four or uh, or four three whatever. Um, on paper, the Raiders were awful on defense and in, in scoring. I'm sure it's probably 29th or dead last. But what they did was they made themselves competitive. They kept them in games. The only games they weren't competitive in the whole time was against the Chiefs. The Chiefs last year ran into the struggle bus twice, and when they played the Raiders, is their get right game. So the Raiders. Although, like I said, statistically more great, their defense was was respectable, right? At least as a fan. Um, this year, um, they've got a lot to prove. And Rocky Sin, I feel like that's kind of underrated. Jerron Harmon, another one. And, of course, Josh McDaniels is coming in with the Patriots. Uh, and they're going to be looking for guys that he's familiar with to give these guys kind of a coaching and a teacher out there, especially Brandon Bolden, who I think might actually make the roster. So. But, yeah, that's enough for me to talk and kind of piggyback off while you started with it. Brad, I know there's been a lot about the Raiders. Is there anything more you want to add? I'm sure you got something. Yeah, just some little things that – so, first of all, let's not beat around the bush. This offense, it's going to go. Oh, they got, yeah. they got They got yes. questions on the offensive line, but they've got a top five or six, I think, just being conservative there, tight end. They've got a great wide receiving core. And like you said, Keelan Cole coming in to be the number four option, I think is huge. And they've got a burner in Robinson. The offense is going to go. I like Derek Carr. However, this team was 26th in points allowed, 31st in penalty, and 32nd in penalty yards, which are all real bad. 31st being the second most penalized team, 32nd being the most. They gave up 1,104 penalty yards last year. Now, Josh McDaniel, former Patriots room, coming back to clean that up. My only question, I'll leave this to you, because we pretty much covered everything on the Raiders at this point. Um, With the connection to the Patriots, do you think that um, McDaniels goes with Jarrett Stidham over Derek Carr because they have a connection at the Patriots? I told you we need some comedy on this pod. I'm I'm good. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Let me just say this: when this pod started, I think, I think he beats on Nick Mullins though. I think he beats on Nick Mullins. <laughs> Who's when Chase Garfield? There's, he's coming from, he's there's coming from no there. way. There's no way he's beating on Nick Mullins. The only way Stidham is there, in my opinion, and a lot of guys do this. Depth chart. He's listed second. He knows the offense that McDaniel's wants to run, and he can kind of be a clipboard holder for Derek Carr in his ginormous new contract that he just signed. Okay. 
he can hold his stacks of dollar bills. <laughs> so let me say this. Josh went out and he did get several Patriots coming in. He brought in Jared Stidham, Chandler Jones. People forget he's been with the Cardinals for so long. He won a Super Bowl with New England. Very good first round pick pass rusher. Brandon Bolden, longtime third down special teamer. Uh, great locker room guy. Brandon Bolden is a dude. Okay. Formerly played an NFL season with cancer. People don't even talk about it because he's not a known player. He's a dog. Absolute warrior. Uh, great pickup for them. He'll be a locker room guy and a third down back when they need him. Because the one thing I've been kind of complaining to Yao, not even complaining, just kind of harping on Yao about it. Sorry, Yao, Dan. Is I'm sorry, but Josh Jacobs not that good. I've never been a big fan. I don't think he gets the carry or the the yards per carry that he should be getting with these other elite backs. Josh McDaniels is going to do running back by committee because that's proven to win in this league. Look it up; it's a fact. He's not getting another contract. They already declined the fifth year. Brandon Bolden's going to get mixed in. Their new rookie that they brought in is going to get to back up Josh. He's going to get carries, and they're going to they're going to run Josh a ton because they know they're going to. They're going to offload him. That's just a fact. They're not going to keep him, or they're going to make him sign for almost nothing because they're putting the money where they need it to. Carr, Hunter, Max, Adams, all those guys that we know and the people that you buy jerseys for, okay? Not that people didn't buy him for Josh Jacobs. So, And then Deron Harmon, another Patriot safety. So he brought in a lot of Patriot guys, but I don't think this is going to be your typical Patriot way style locker room. I really don't. I think this is going to be a very fun locker room. I think Josh has kind of changed his ways a little bit. I think he also sees the success that McVay's having. I think that this is going to be more like we're going to be disciplined. We're not going to complete, you know, commit all these penalties, but at the same time, it's going to be fun. It's going to be challenging and we're going to be electric on offense. And before we even get into the first five, let me just say this. The greatest team that I've ever seen in my life was the 2007 Patriots. This offense could be better than that. Oh, boy. Dude, <laughs> I'm sorry. Devontae Adams coming off the seasons, the two seasons that he had. Do you just, do you just expect that he's just going to fall back down and just. No, Hunter, I... Hunter Renfro. <clears throat> great player. Cole, I think, is a tremendous asset to this team. And people forget, Moss and Gronk never played together. Waller and Adams, it's no, not fair. It's I, not fair. I am totally I'm totally with your hype on the weapons. I think everybody the should is unreal. Be. The problem is, is this O-line could ruin all that. Yeah. That's the problem. The weapons are there. The quarterback is there. I believe in the running back. Kenyon Drake is a great two as well. Josh Jacobs played three seasons. He has over 3,000 rushing yards for the Raiders. They've never had a good line. I don't think why he's there. So I think Josh Jacobs. He averages Jacobs like three and a half yards a carry. Four. He averages four yards a carry. For, uh, I, I'm, just <laughs> say, I'm just saying those are great numbers. He doesn't have the turn on his highlight clip and he makes eight people miss. He's just a, you know, kind of ground and pound kind of guy. I just. This team could go nuclear any given week, but over the consistency of a season, this offensive line could cause it could it could ruin the whole thing. Is all I'm saying. The offensive line is a such a big question mark because I can't agree with you enough. Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, 
elite route running and the number one wide receiver in the league, I think, in my opinion, and yours. It goes four deep. They have the running backs. Darren Waller's a dog. Derek Carr is really good. I There's just right. going to be a lot of pressure on a quarterback who doesn't really move really off beat. He's more of a pocket-style passer, and I think that pocket could be crumbling you know, more than he wants it to. I just think the O-line right. is, is, is a huge right. piece. I said it earlier with a different team, you know. Who lost the Super Bowl last year? The Bengals. What were they shitty at? All right. Okay. Answer the question. They couldn't protect Burrow. Right. What were they elite at? They had weapons. Yeah, but better than anyone else in the league. They had. They didn't. They didn't blow any. I mean, if if they didn't what? Ryan Tannehill threw three picks. They probably lose that game. And the oh, one game okay. they did so we'll time out. Why did he throw so, we'll time, time out? Why was he throwing those picks? They had an elite pass rush. Chandler Jones and Max Crosby bring an elite pass rush. You said something earlier. You got to be able to have a quarterback. You got to be able to protect him. You got to be able to get the other quarterback, right? The Bengals did two of those things, but you forget the fourth. You got to have elite weapons in this well, league. They I have guess, that. The, the, the two things that I'll say to that is one, there's a reason why that run was so magic by the Bengals because for them to be able to over the, let me put it this way. The reason it was so magic that run for the Bengals is because they were to overcome those numbers, which was incredible. One, it's not something normal that that happens. Secondly, on the last play, Jamar chase is open. Don't do that. I'm just saying that it's going to be hard to just win with weapons when the other team had Aaron Donald. You're also saying the 2016 Patriots offense is what you think this team can be. I don't think they can with that offense. That's where this derives from. But yeah. Okay. But I love the Raiders. I think they're going to be very good. I love their weapons. I love their pass rush. I think this team is going to be fun. Josh McDaniels, he's a big reason why I'm pretty down on the Patriots. I think he's that important. I think he's going to be phenomenal for the Raiders. I just think when you talk about this team overpowering teams and just being a jug, I don't know if any of these offensive linemen, not one has the capability to be a pro bowler. And that's tough. That's tough. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm kind of there. Like that's, that's one of my fears um, is is the offensive line play for sure. Um, But yeah, again, you know, you know, Jeff does bring up a point. Like, I mean, they, they could be they could be serviceable. They could go out there and and overcome a lot. They probably, you know, this remains to be seen. But uh, you know, last year they 15 of their uh, of their 17 games were games that they, they were trailing and they had to come back and win. So, um, with with an offensive line that didn't upgrade at all, I think they're going to be in a lot of tight games still, and they're going to be relying on that offense to do a lot. Um, and again, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't come to fruition. They can't keep Derek Carr off his back. However, the cool thing with McDaniels is, is they can come up with plays to get the ball out of of Derek Carr's hands quickly. He does have a quick release. Um, and that's why I think those, those, that stable of running backs is going to be key. I think that hope I'm root for Kenyon Drake. I really think if Kenyon Drake gets a shot here, I think he could have a good role too with, uh, within the, the gadget kind of style. But, um, uh, I'll I'll end with this, Jeff. Josh Jacobs over or under 800 yards rushing. Under. Okay. Oh, that was 
I, I, to be honest, <laughs> I'd almost I'd almost bet my life on it. A, they're going to be running back by committee. I already said that. B. So, but I, I brought this up because I, I wanted to talk about it. So I'm glad you just asked that question because it leads into this. So, let me give you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The top ten passing quarterbacks last year: Tom Brady, 5,300 yards; Herbert, 5,000; Stafford, 4,800; Patrick Mahomes, 4,800. Derek Carr, 4,800, so he was fifth, okay? Joe Burrow, 46. Dak Prescott, 44. Josh Allen, 44. Kirk Cousins, 42. And Rodgers, just under 42. All of these guys that I just named, okay? Those are your top 10 passing yard leaders. I'm going to read a bunch of touchdown numbers, and I want you to tell me which one doesn't sound right. 43, 38, 41, 37, 23, 34, 37, 36, 33, 37. Who do you think that 23 belongs to? I already know who it is. Brad, do you want to guess that? I, I have the list he's looking at in front of me. It's Derek Carr. <laughs> it's Derek Carr. Yeah. I'm sorry. That number's exploding. It's going to be in the 40s. It, it it's not going to be a lot of room for Josh Jacobs. It could be because, because a lot of the problems with the John Gruden <laughs> offense was the red zone offense was terrible. They would settle for three and not score touchdowns. So, like, I mean, it could be, but again. I, I, have, a, I have a question. I'm going to go with those same quarterbacks, and I'm going to list off how many times they were sacked. You tell me which quarterbacks are off this list. 22, 31, 30, 28, 40, 51, 30, 26, 28, 30. It's Burrow and Carr. They just, they're getting the shit beat out of them. And I think what the Bengals have done is improved the offensive line. And the Raiders have done a good job of everything around the offensive line, but it he was sacked 40 times. I don't think that number is going anywhere. But last year, he didn't have Devontae Adams. The, yeah, Bengals, the Bengals, instead of addressing the offensive line last year, which we argued about pre-draft, you were very big on offensive line. I said, no, go get freaking Jamar Chase. This time, the Raiders could have probably went out and got a lineman. They're like, no, we want Devontae Adams. Next year's a lineman. So Joe Burrow was excited for his weapons, tried to extend plays a little bit, got sacked 51 times. Cars Aaron Donald. Up. Aaron Cars Donald. Cars numbers going up. It's over 51. Oh, dude, I'm just saying. It, it can go either way. For every stat, there's another stat, and then that yeah. stat will open up the stat for statistics, where statistical values to tap. You know, it's all, it's all the same. It's all the same. Let's, let's get to the first five unless you got something else to add, Dan. No, I don't know. I think we I think we hit the nail on the head here. <laughs> my, okay. my last thing is I just struggle with, in the division, I think the, defensively, the Broncos and the Chargers are built to handle exactly what the Raiders are good at. Elite pass rush with really good corners. So it's not going to, like, I just think that in division, I, at least, it poses a big problem. Brad, Thoughts? I 100% agree with you. With what you just said, I agree with you. The team that a lot of people are favoring to win this division can't rush the passer and they can't defend the pass. Okay. It's a long fall from the top. That's all I know. Yeah. We're about to get to it very soon. So just know that what the Raiders problems are, I think other people have worse problems. And I think the Raiders are going to shock a lot of people. Let's talk about their first five. Um, week one at the chargers. We all just gave it. You guys got the yep. chargers and W's. I have a, I have a W for the Raiders. So I have the Raiders at one and all you guys are at 0 and one yep. week week two against home against the Cardinals. This is the home opener. Kyler Murray got paid. They're without D hop. There's some, there's some questions there. Where are you going, Brad? I'll let you go first. Dan and you, I hate, both you hate know. the cards. 
Dan and I both know this is pre-Call of Duty, so Cardinals have a chance. But Call of Duty's not go- out yet. <laughs> I am going to give it to the Raiders at home. Okay, same Okay, so I have them winning as well, moving to Toronto. Though I do think this is a flip game. Cardinals are always good in the beginning of the season, and they get worse. Watch out for them to steal this game. But I got the Raiders 2-0. Week 3 is a fun game because I had this as a win for the Raiders when we did the AFC South. The more I think about it, this is not a good game for the Raiders. It's at the Titans. The Raiders rush the passer well. And that's kind of really it defensively. The Titans don't pass. They dominate the run. Can you stop Derrick Henry is the question. I actually have the Titans in a W here. Again, the Titans are a team I can't get a beat on. I know. you. I know. Um, Rabel has always got the boys buzzing. But this is a game where Raiders struggle to stop the run. They sell out for it. They do everything they can. And this is where that nuclear offense comes into play. I don't think that the Titans have a super elite pass rush, although you could say they did they did put on a performance in the postseason. But um, I don't think they have the corners. I think the Raiders just simply outscore. I could see this game being in the 30s, both sides, twenty the high 20s, high-scoring game. I like the Raiders on the road at Tennessee, though. You yeah. asked me this, you asked me this, uh, this first five, two months ago. I had this as an L. I have switched to a W. Uh, they shipped their second best weapon to Philly. They got no wideouts that are, are going to be proven yet. And I'm like I said, they sell out for the run. I think the Raiders win this game. And uh, I think Tannehill is going to have a hard time uh, trying to move the ball when asked to throw when they're down. Uh, next game, we have the... Broncos and Raiders. This is a home game for the Raiders. I just gave this a W for the Raiders. I don't remember what you guys gave. Brad, who, what did you give? I gave an L, but I kind of want to switch. Oh, my God. See, I, and I, and I, I, I talked you into the Raiders. I knew this would happen. No, no, no. I had it as an L for, for the Broncos. I'm sorry. I had the Raiders oh. winning this game at home because I thought it would be a must win. But after going into it, the Raiders are 2-1. and one. I thought they might be worse. But looking at it, they're 2-1. I'm actually going to flip. So my first five, I have the Broncos at uh, four and one now instead of three and two. And I'm going to give the Raiders a loss here, even though it's at home. I'm going to give it to Denver. Raiders are two and two. Dan? Okay. I think I said earlier. Uh, you took Raiders the Raiders. Yep. Raiders by five. I'm sticking with that. Okay. Week five, Raiders at Kansas City. I'm excited to talk about Kansas City. I think they have big problems when they're going up against a team like the Raiders. They have nobody to get their wide receivers. They really only pose a threat up front with Chris Jones. They don't really rust the pasture that well. Yeah, the Raiders offensive line might be dog shit, but to be honest, they exposed them two years ago. They didn't have so much success last year. I think the Raiders get back that way. They attack the Chiefs, and they move to 4-1 and one going into an early bye week, by the way, week bye week six. Brad, where you got here? I really, I really just believe the Chiefs are in trouble this year. I like the Raiders. They can, they can blow them out or win in a shootout. I, I like the Raiders a lot, actually. Monday night. Dan, curveball. I got the L here. This is a primetime game, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Monday night, October Monday night 10th. Game. Yeah, give me the Chiefs here. Uh, it's at Arrowhead. Um, I think the Raiders are going to lose a close one, but. Uh, 
yeah, I got the yellow here. One more thing before we move on from the Raiders, because we've talked a lot, but what, what's your opinion on the week six bye week? Is it a kick in the nuts? Is it just whatever? Are you indifferent about it? Um, I'd rather it be a little bit later and more of the meat part of the schedule. Yeah. Um, they have a gauntlet to get through, and this this is like a just a pre a pre you know test a preseason part of their you know of their the fraction here of what's going on, going on. They got to go to at New Orleans. Uh, they, they they probably could use it around the eight or nine, maybe ten bye week range. But um, I'm not happy with six, and we'll see what happens with with McDaniel's. But under Gruden. We come out three years. Come out out of out of the gates on fire. We probably win a couple of games we shouldn't have. Probably shouldn't have beat the Ravens last year, but Lamar Jackson couldn't stop dropping the ball. Having said that, uh, they can stay healthy. Um, I'm okay with it, but I feel like they're going to need that sixth or they're going to need that bye week to be up a little bit. I think something that's good though with a bye week that's early is you look at the rest of their schedule. So week seven, you have the Texans, which is a lower team. Winnable. Two weeks later, week nine, you have the Jaguars. Winnable. Three weeks later, week 12, you play the Seahawks. Winnable. Weeks 15 and 16, tough defenses, but we don't know what the Patriots and Steelers will be offensively. I just think there's some teams that are predicted to be a little bit like around the fighting for playoffs or even bad that are kind of sprinkled in. Thr- there's no real like gauntlet, I feel, of games. I guess you could call that last six for the Raiders if the Patriots and Steelers, if one or both of them – really turn out to be better than people anticipate that could turn into a brutal end of the season i mean three straight primetime games chargers rams patriots steelers 49ers chiefs to end it that's tough but um, that's what that's that's what i'm that's what i'm worried about that that end though i didn't really yeah getting the end a lot of tough there's there's a what i've come to realize well you talked about this a couple weeks ago brad every single schedule Is tough, dude. Every tough. Every There's tough. only like four teams that I'm like certain are going to be bad. Yeah. And even on them, I'm like, you know, if this works out, they could take a game here. There. Yeah. It's the NFL. We're spoiled. Like I was making my top 20 quarterback list. I know we're only doing 15 later, but yeah, I did my my top. 20. I did 22. I did 22. And, and I was looking at it, and I was like, it is no shame whatsoever to be 12th on my list. That's how many good quarterbacks I think there are. Like, 12 isn't even a dig. I think 12 is a really good quarterback. You know, it's just kind yeah. of like. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's so many good teams, so many good quarterbacks. Anything else on the Raiders? Uh, I will say this. I uh, A couple weeks ago, I was in New Jersey, and sports gambling is legal there. And I was looking at some preseason um, Super Bowl odds, and New England was plus 4,000, and the Raiders were plus 4,000. I put. Uh, I put $25 on the, the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. I'm not going to miss 25 bucks if they win. I get a thousand. I think I put $10 on the Raiders, I think. So I get like 400 some dollars if they win. So um, it was just one of those things where it's like, I think this team has more potential than a lot of people are giving the credit for, hence the plus 4,000. And I rolled with it. Um, next, Chiefs. The AFC West champions of 2021, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, their 2021 record was 12 and five. Uh, nothing major in the front office. Obviously, Andy Reid's back. They add Juju Smith-Schuster, 
uh, wide receiver from the Steelers. This was a rumored move to happen last fall or last uh, summer, but Juju decided to stay and play with Big Ben for one more year. Uh, maybe he, you know, maybe he has such a good time this year. He'll maybe he'll regret that move. But uh, Juju on a very small deal. I think it's like one year, eight million. They did let Tyron Matthew go for Justin Reed. Justin Reed is a great young safety. I think they're really happy about that. They went out and got Marquez Valdez Scantling, the or MVS as like people like to call him, wide receiver from Green Bay, speedy receiver. Uh, running back Ronald Jones from Tampa Bay. A lot of people thought Rojo was one of the better running backs in Tampa Bay, but unfortunately he just kind of got buried in the depth chart. He joins Kansas City. And then defensive end Carlos Dunlap, who's been bouncing around the league, joins them as well. Losses, offensive tackle Mitchell Schwartz to retirement. Uh, the Honey Badger, Tyrone Matthew, they basically just let him walk. They weren't going to try and sign him to the deal that he was looking for. He joins the Saints. Linebacker Melvin Ingram walks. They ended up tagging Orlando Brown so that he couldn't leave. And then they did lose another player. Um, he's kind of fast. His name's Tyree Kill, whatever. I don't know if that's a big deal or not. But, Brad, what do you got on the Chiefs? So, with the Chiefs, losing Tyree Kill, I believe, loses the one thing that set the Chiefs apart the last three years. With Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill. They had plenty of two-play, 76-yard touchdowns. Four-play drive, 67 yards touchdown. Like the explosive over-the-topness of Tyreek Hill to where you don't have to be super precise and accurate. You can extend plays, launch it. Tyreek's that guy. Opens up a lot for Travis Kelsey. I think the loss of Tyreek Hill puts Travis Kelsey in a bit of predicament. He's going to get every look. every. It is going to be a long season for Travis Kelsey. However, with Mahomes, Andy Reid, the two or three running backs, they have a bunch of solid B receivers. And they have a really good offensive line, especially on the center to left side. So this offense is still going to produce. I don't think as much. I think they take a minor step back, nothing too crazy. Last year they were third in yards and they were fourth in total points. I still think they'll be top 10 in those categories. And so – I believe there's going to be more punts, more field goals for this team. And I know people say, well, why do you have such a long fall from the top? Because I can't find one reason to think this defense will be any good whatsoever. I just, I don't see it. Last year, they were 30th in average yards per play allowed. They were 27th in yards allowed. And a lot of the teams that they're going to find in their schedule have good defenses that are going to make it difficult and or offenses that can produce just as much as they can with the loss of Tyreek Hill. I think it means that much. Um, I think they are super mad at Christian Kirk for breaking the market, causing Devontae to get what he did, ultimately ending in Tyreek Hill leaving. Um, I don't think they're going to rush the passer well. I don't think they're going to defend the pass well. They lose Charvarius Ward who statistically was the second-best receiver in the AFC behind only J.C. Jackson. He's now a 49er. They lose Tyron Matthew. They get Justin Reed, but it's still a downgrade. They draft Trent McDuffie. What's he going to be? These linebackers, average. Frank Clark hasn't really been that good. And Chris Jones, who's good. I like Chris Jones. Great player. But, I mean, how much is that going to impact their winning? Um, I just find this team to take a step back. 
when all I can find for the other three teams in their division is things that made them get better. And all I'm seeing from the Chiefs is stuff that made them get worse. I understand that this was a team that went 12 and four, 12 and five last year, and they were second in the AFC. Um, I just don't think they can do it again, personally. Um, we'll see if they can. Um, I don't know if they'll make the playoffs or not. I don't know where they'll finish in the division. We'll get there. But I just think this team is now too one-sided and being completely reliant on an offense. That's downgraded. So I just I'm not very high in the Chiefs, even though I don't want to play the Chiefs. I don't think there's any team that wants to look at the schedule and say, oh, thank goodness we got the Chiefs this week. I'm not saying they're going to be terrible. So offense can still be really good. But their defense got weaker, their offense got weaker in a division that got better everywhere. And I don't know. We'll see. They still got Mahomes. He's got the hardware. We'll see if they can put it together. But it's only a long fall for the Chiefs because I just don't think they're going to win the division. Dan? Yeah. Uh, well, <clears throat> The Chiefs, again, you asked me two months ago, I got a different opinion here. I think the Chiefs are going to be bouncing between third or second place in the division. I I just – I feel like they, they can still keep the ball rolling. I think, obviously, losing Tyreek is huge, probably the best receiver after the catch, right? And Mahomes running around back there like a madman. It's just, you know, you know, just like uh, Kyle Murray with, with – yeah, fuck it. He's down there somewhere, right? He's going to throw it. Um but you're right, Travis Kelsey's going to be in for a long season. He is going to be, you know, I mean, he's Mahomes is, I mean, really the main target. I know he hits Tyreek Hill a lot, or used to, but Travis Kelsey finds himself in the, in the seams all day long. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, he was supposed to be taken over for the number one after the head case left uh, the Steelers. And even though Ben Roethlisberger was a custard-filled donut with a noodle arm, you know, hey, no. <laughs> you, you know, Juju never really took that leap that you guys wanted, at least I feel like. And then with MVS, I mean, he was a Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. So is Mahomes going to unlock him? Is Andy Regan going to unlock him? He's a fast guy. Is he going to be the Tyreek Hill role? We don't know. I mean, they also lost Byron Priegel, uh, which was their kind of their guy to come in there to to add even more speed, you know. Um, I just – I feel like the Chiefs are still dangerous only only for that, that Andy Reid – uh, Eric Bieniemy and Mahomes is there. That's really only it. Uh, I just I feel like there's still going to be a threat. Brad even said that. Like you're going to take a step back, but there's still going to be a threat when you play them. Um, I just we have to see if Andy Reid can fix these these B receivers and turn them into A's. And that defense is going to is is always already suspect in the back end. I mean, teams could pass on them all day. Uh, but uh, they're going to be relying on on throwing quite a bit. <clears throat> so the one thing I want to say before we get into their first five, uh, you kind of touched on it, Dan. Juju's never just been a number one. He was a fantastic number two under Antonio Brown, and he was a nice complimentary piece in Pittsburgh the last couple of years when they had a bunch of B receivers, and he was one of them. Uh, I do think it's interesting. Anytime you try to replace one guy with three, it typically doesn't bode well. They have tried to replace Tyree Kill by going out and getting MVS. They went out and drafted Sky Moore, who everybody's talking about as the top speedy receiver in this draft that can kind of get loose. Everyone's kind of hyping him up a lot. And then they still have, his name's drawing a blank to me all of a sudden, <clears throat> their one speedy receiver. People are probably listening. And they McCall shout Hardman. Out. 
Thank you, McCall Hardman, who is a speed receiver. So really, you have three speedy receivers to try and replace Tyreek. Meanwhile, the number one corner is still going to be on Juju, and Juju's proven he doesn't handle number one corners very well. Um, if you're in fantasy football and you're listening to this, I would draft the absolute piss out of Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I think they're going to lean on him a ton this year. Um, and I do think there's some over-the-top potential with some of those guys that I'm talking about. But I don't think it bodes well for actually driving the field because Mahomes hasn't proven to be he's great driving the field. He's great going over the top to Tyreek or some dink and dunks to, to Travis Kelsey until it works out. I think a step back is in their future. And as Brad kind of alluded to, and I 100 percent agree, there is nothing, nothing the Chiefs did to retain 12 wins. But everybody else behind them, the Raiders, in my opinion, did everything to to increase two wins the Chargers did everything to increase two wins the broncos that that two wins is going to fluctuate i think it's going to create a dogfight. i don't think the chiefs are going to finish number one in this division spoiler um let's get to the first five unless you guys oh, got something on, else i got one second real quick i don't i know what? we've, Go we've gone we on a while, but i want all right so with pat mahomes i can't remember if it was 2019 or 2020 led the league in drop he, picks yes 2020 it was, a was it like it was nineteen picks? Not it, it was twenty. But he led. It was twenty twenty. He led the league in dropped interceptions. Yes. yes. Right. My 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 point is is that was a lot to do with obviously rolling around the pocket and trying to force the ball. And yeah, I mean, is he going to be doing that more because he's got no Tyree Kill, or is he going to be me more conservative? I don't know. So I feel like that'd be something to look out for. I don't know. Also. We're saying all this because everyone said he came into the league, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. It is on the table that he says, I don't care if I don't have Tyreek Hill and just runs through all the good teams anyway. I mean, he does have that capability. There's no reason to just assume he's going to drop off. This is a guy now who's been an MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, has a ring. He's seen a lot coming off of coming off of a tough loss versus the Bengals trying to, you know, stay on top of the AFC. So we can't just assume they're going to be bad because the division, it's only six games. There's still 11 other teams that are going to have to find a way to beat the chiefs in a random week. And again, it's an offensive league and you still got Mahomes. still got Mahomes. We're, we're going to see where he's on at our list in a little bit, but. Whew. Yeah, I guess, I guess the, the one thing is, is Patrick Mahomes came in this league and sat behind Alex Smith for a full year. He literally threw, th he was 22 of 35 his first year. He did not throw a lot of passes. They brought him in, in garbage time. His first full year starting, he started every game through 50 touchdowns. I mean, literally, running, here's the list of people throwing 50 touchdowns. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Pretty freaking elite. Well, the following year, he takes a major step back. He did have a small injury that held him out of two games, but he only threw 26 touchdowns. These last two years, 38 and 37, this past year, he threw a career-high 658 pass attempts, 13 picks. It was the most he'd ever thrown. He also threw the most pass attempts also of his career. So it's like the more you ask him to do, it almost seems like he hasn't had this. Not 13 picks is a lot because it's definitely not you. 13 picks you're happy with. But the more we're asking him to do, the more he struggles. And now you're taking away – if it's not his number one, it's his number, it's his number one A – I mean, Tyreek and, and Travis Kelly, it's hard to rank them. 
That's yes, kind of spoilers. It's either A or one A. I mean, it's there's there's no other way around it. There's no there's no one and two. It's either one A. You can make a case. They're both the best at their respective positions. You could yes. just make the argument. Yes, they're both top two, top three, easily all day in their positions. You're exactly right. So let's get to the first five. Their first game is on the road at Arizona. Uh, this is actually a really fun game. I think this is a really exciting first game for the Chiefs. It's kind of weird because it's not as high profile as they could have gone, but it's still got a lot of intrigue. KC at Arizona. Dan, I'll let you go first. Uh, I got the win at Arizona. I think it's going to be potentially uh, game of the year. I think this is going to be last last team who's got the ball wins, and I think it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. I think win as well. I also have this as a win. Um, but it gets ugly from here. It's Tough. very ugly from here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they're uh, trying to get to that bye week. <laughs> yeah. So I, when I was doing my prep, they were the last team I did, or I'm sorry, they were the first team I did. I, I, I do one, two, three, four. Um, and I absolutely could not believe what I was reading because for whatever reason, this schedule has flown under the radar to me. Um, this is it's bonkers. Week two, home against the Chargers. It's their home opener. We just went through this. I think we all gave them a loss to the Chargers, did we not? I did. All, all of us did. So I have them at one and one. You have them at one and one, Brad and Dan. You have them at one and one. We all agree. Week three at the Colts. I gave this game a couple weeks ago on the AFC South. I thought you would disagree, Brad, and you immediately agreed with me. We both had the Colts winning. Do you stay with that? Yes. I have the Colts beating them as well. Dan, what do you got that here? Colts. You have the Colts as well. Okay. So we both yep. have them dropping to one and two. <laughs> Week four, they travel to Tampa. This is Sunday night. This is a banger. This is it's the game that we found out was the Sunday night game when it could have been Ravens and I think Bills, right? Ravens Bills. Is that one o'clock? We're like, how is that at one o'clock? We're like, oh, because Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes are Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Uh y'all know where I'm going. I got I got Brady in the box all day here. Tampa. Tampa. Holy shit. We got them dropping to one and three. Week five. I just gave you this game a second ago. I thought the Raiders were better. Brad, where did you have this game? I had the Raiders and Dan had the Chiefs. Yep. So hey. I got them at two and three. You have it two and three. You have them at one and four. I have them at one and four, Brad. Um, I'm going to keep going if you guys don't mind. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I have the we, whole schedule in front of me too. Yeah, I I I, okay. I I had to. That's how crazy and daunting this is. Week six is the, what everybody's gonna be looking for. Yeah, obviously Brady and Patrick Mahomes is fun. Week six is what people got their eyes on, by the way, which will be on Sunday uh, at four twenty-five. It'll be the uh, the game of the week on CBS. The Bills and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs AFC rematch. Uh, it's at Arrowhead. I have the Bills. Brad Buffalo. Holy shit. We all have them at so I have them at one and five. Brad, you got them at one and five. Dan, you got them at two and four. Correct. Week seven at the 49ers. There's no way they lose again. I I have to give them a W going into the bye. I I yeah, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have them at three and four. I'm gonna I, they're gonna eke out a win. I mean, or they take another L, but I'll, I'll give them the I'll give them the win here. 
Brad, what do you got? 49ers. Okay, so now they're at the bye. And we're not going to predict the whole schedule. I want to keep going. Week 9, off their bye, home against the Titans. Definitely a winnable game, but definitely a team they've struggled with in the past. Think they beat the Titans? Oh, we're, we're going to go through it? Well, we're just just quickly. Yeah. We're not going to um, get... I do. I do think they beat the Titans, Andy Reid. Dan, the Dan, what do you think? I'll just read these yeah. off and you just tell me W or L. W. Okay, I agree. Jags, W. Mm-hmm. At Chargers. That's loss. Gosh, that's loss. Yeah, that's a flip game. Home against the Rams. I think that's a loss. Loss. Get dest- they're gonna get destroyed. Loss. At the Bengals. Mind loss. you, the Bengals shit in their Wheaties twice last year. I think it's a loss. Loss. What we- loss. I-, I I have them at four wins. Sorry about it. They're losing the next keep- one too. Brad, keep going. You have fourteen <laughs> in front of you. Yeah, they're at Denver. Yeah. I'm gonna give them that win. Yeah, look, we're just trying to give them to them. Yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm trying to force. I'm force feeding the Patrick Rolls and the Chiefs. That's away. a four game stretch with three of them away: Chargers, Rams, Bengals, Broncos. All three of them away. It's, but then you know What's they get 15? two games here uh, at Houston. Easy, okay. Home against Seattle. Another easy. So we time out. I have them at now one, two, three, four. Five six. I haven't six wins. Home against Denver. Oh, I gave them a Denver before, so that's actually seven. I'm gonna give them another. Oh, oh no, I'm not. I'm giving them one Denver. That's it. So I got it seven. And then what? What's the last then game? The last game is at Raiders, January eighth. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a silly prediction. You guys can laugh. At this point, they've missed the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes not playing. Raiders win that game, too. I think so. I, I think they split one with Denver there on, on the tail end, but th- th- that is a effing brutal, brutal <laughs> run there, dude. I, I, know, I, I know we have a tough tail end there, especially playing the Rams, but I don't, I don't not want to play the Rams. I do not want to play the Rams. I know the Chiefs do not want to play the Rams. That is brutal. You don't want... You do not want, I'm telling you, you do not want any part of the Rams and Bengals. A lot of people think the Bengals are going to, no, you want no part of that. You also want no part of the Bills. You also want no part of Tampa. You also not want no part of the Chargers. You also want no part of the Raiders. We have no idea what the 49ers are going to be. We have no idea what the Broncos are going to be, but we you don't want a piece of them either. Literally everybody on their schedule. Arizona started the season like 8-0 last year. I would suspect they're going to have some success again this year. Who knows what they are? That's not an easy game. I'm not joking. You people are laughing. The Chiefs would be literally partying if they came out and started the season four and three. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I like to do this game with a lot of people at work or with my friends. It's like, hey, what what are the Chiefs going to go this year? Well, they'll probably win 12 games again. Okay, here's Where? their schedule. I met eight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it, it, it all depends on where the games fall. Like, um, Dan, and it's okay if you didn't. Uh, this would be like a little bit of a sidetrack, but did you listen to our AFC East breakdown? I believe I did, yes. That was our last yes, time. I yeah, yep, I you did. said you I did. did. Yeah, so when you go like through the Bills schedule, you know, you go through those first six to get to the buy, and it's like, ah, the Bills are going to be three and four, four and three. And then they just have a gauntlet of winnable games afterwards. So it's yeah. like it just fell for them. The Chiefs have the exact opposite. It's just. 
Tough game after tough game after tough. Oh, Jags. Tough game after tough game after tough game. Just absolutely brutal. When when one of your easiest games you're looking forward to is the Titans, that's tough. The Titans are the one seed, and they have the best running back in football, and they've had success against you in the past. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, have, I have no reason to think the Chiefs are getting back to winning this division. And I will say this. I'll say this right now. Patrick Mahomes win this division. I'm crowning him the best quarterback in football. But until then, I've been very reserved over the last 365 days about him. And I'm just more and more down on him by the day. And we'll see what he's capable of. But I do think this is a massive step back. Maybe we're being exaggerated. Maybe we're exaggerating. People are listening to us and be like, are you yeah, guys kidding me? Tell what, me where they're winning all these games. There, there are just there's some people that, you know, get excited for football. Lots of people. But when you do these breakdowns, you see some crazy things and it puts, you know, it's not just football. There's eight, nine storylines for teams that have these crazy things that you want to see play out. And it just makes the entire football season layered and it just makes it so much more interesting. And to get to talk about it all the time, it's it's very exciting. Like you could talk to any Joe Shamal off the street and they're like, yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs win the division. They've been the best. And it's like. Well, have you looked at their schedule? Have you looked at the other team's improvements, their addition? Exactly what we're doing in these breakdowns. I feel like people who are listening are going to ride into the season with us with all these different, you know, this just layered cake of different storylines that the NFL gives us every year. And it's just a gift that keeps on giving. We're closing. This is definitely the longest pod we're ever going to do. Um, but before we get to our predictions, I wanted to go through the mailbag real quick, okay? Oh, yeah. Yep. Dan, you were actually the first one. You said you're, you're going to answer this yourself. Are the Raiders stalling a contract extension for Waller because they want to bolster the offensive line, linebacker core, secondary? Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'll let you. I'll let you answer that yourself. Yep. Go no, ahead. no, sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to. to rant no, I, I don't have an answer for it. So go ahead. Okay. No, I don't. So you're good. the reason why I brought up the question is because um, I do think that Josh McDaniels and them are are. Waiting to see what they have because they're going. I mean, we got the the Hall of Fame game this week. Their offensive line, obviously, we've talked about it already many times. Mm-hmm. It's got to get fixed. I don't. I mean, last year again wasn't the greatest. They still went ten and seven, so it's usable. But you've missed out on so many offseason acquisitions, other than Chandler Jones and a few and Rocky Sand. I can't get it. But with some of the uh, the key positions, I feel like. They need to keep that that 25 mil they got from cutting Littleton and Nassib and use it to some needs. I would love to keep Waller. I want to keep him here forever, right? But I'd rather have two good players than one elite one, especially at needs. Because I know even if we like in the future, Darren Waller doesn't keep staying a Raider. We have Foster Morrow, and I know that's not a household name, but that tight end comes in, uh, you know, for periodic times or whatever, or especially over the John Gruden era. And he's very, he's very underrated and very serviceable. So, and who knows what you can get in the draft, but I just wanted to address that. And I want to hear your guys' thing uh, takes because um, they've been in contracts this whole off season. So, you know, David Njoku got paid and I feel like way overpaid this off season. So now is, you know, Darren Waller be like, yo, I want that bag. And the Raiders are probably going to be like, I'm going to give you the bag, but we just can't, me in the we got to meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah, um, I think Josh McDaniels has been very good at designing plays for tight ends. So I think that that is a position, especially with the loaded receiver core, 
tight end is a position where you can afford to have an average guy that Josh McDaniels can scheme things for, maybe just a pure athlete, ex-basketball player type guy. Um, and yeah, you, you need an offensive line. It's tough to watch your team when you want the offense to go, but the quarterback can't go. The running backs tackled at the line of scrimmage or in your own half. If they are not paying anyone, they have done enough everywhere that the biggest need is offensive linemen because there's five of them and they don't have one dude on that line. They got to find at least one. I think it's got to be, you got to address the O line before Waller. He's, and you're right about David and Joku's payday and George Kittle getting paid. Waller thinks he's up there and I don't really have a reason to say he's not close. So definitely over Joku. Yep. David, David Carr got paid. Hunter Refro got paid. Max Crosby got paid. They acquired Devontae Adams. They paid him. Uh, I think they pay Waller. But I also think they're going to see what they got. Mm. Run this offense through a couple weeks. They maybe wait till the end of the year. I don't think they're in any kind of hurry. I mean, right. I mean they, they have him. Uh, but as Brad just alluded to, Josh McDaniels had Gronk for 10 years and loved him. He missed him in 2019. He missed him in 2020. They were horrendous. And then last year he got Hunter uh, Hunter Henry. And Hunter Henry, I believe, led the league in touchdown receptions last year. So uh, he's going to like Waller, and Derek Carr is going to like him too. They've already been super tight. Uh, I think the deal gets done, just maybe not in a second. Next question. This one comes in from Jared Redding. Uh, he just started his own podcast. He writes in, can you see a way that Derek Carr is the best QB in division and wins the MVP? I'll, I'll start here. I'm going to kind of rephrase your question. Do I see a way he is the best? I don't think he's ever going to be the best quote unquote quarterback in the division, but he could have the best season. I mean, we just seen what Matthew Stafford did. He left the lions, went to a team that had weapons and succeeded. Um, Derek Carr has been on this team, obviously, but you add Devontae Adams and you add an offensive coach around him. Uh, definitely the opportunity to be great and win the MVP. I'm, I'm super high on the Raiders. It would not shock me that Derek Carr wins the MVP this year. Um, definitely a dark horse to win it because, I mean, a lot of people have wrote Derek Carr off as maybe like a, a mid-15 to 20 quarterback because he just hasn't had continuous success. Uh, Brad, where you got on Derek Carr? I love Derek Carr. I've been on Tony Noel. He's been very vocal about Derek Carr the last year too. I've been on his side that he's good. And I mean this with all due respect, on Derek Carr's best day, he's the fourth best quarterback in this division. I cannot see a way that he's first. I struggle to see a place where he's the third. And that is not, again, is not disrespectful to Derek Carr. This is Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Some people can say Herbert needs to prove it longer. I can only go based off the two-year two sample I have, and it is really high. We've seen what Russell's done. And Patrick Mahomes, we've seen what he's done. Derek Carr certainly could have a great statistical year and be in the MVP conversation. How can you say the MVP, if he wins that, he wouldn't be the best quarterback in division? I just don't see a day that in a draft where you are picking a quarterback to start your team in real life, that you would pick Derek Carr over any of the other three guys in his division. And that's just because the division's spoiled. I want to reiterate, Derek Carr could be the sixth best quarterback in the league and still be the fourth best quarterback in his own division. Unfortunately, that's just how loaded they are. Damn, damn I said off to you, but Derek Carr did outplay. Outplay might not be the word. Derek Carr beat Justin Herbert in a playoff game last year. Just want to throw that out there. But, Dan, yes. what are you going to say? Uh, no, I, I, it's definitely very possible. Uh, we had, you know, talked about 
Derek Carr almost you know, hitting 4,800 yards last year with Zay Jones and Hunter Renfro. So, and, and of course, Darren Waller, right? But, you know, you add add the weapons um, and you add a mastermind in the offense uh, play calling. I think the touchdown numbers go up. I think his number, I think he finally eclipses 5,000 yards this year. I think it's very, very likely. Um, so, yeah. Next question comes in from Zach Ellison. What does the additions of Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, and Sebastian Joseph Day do to the Chargers defense? <laughs> Make can them they, the best defense in the league. Can they take down <laughs> the Chiefs and run the AFC West as champs? Um, short question. They're a top five offense on paper, or a top five defense on paper. Everything that they lacked last year, they now have. And can they take down the Chiefs? Let me just answer that a minute ago. 100%. Brad? Yeah. Those additions make them, in my opinion, without question, top five defense in the league. And, I mean, it's just what they've done with those huge pieces and massive spots, how that's going to complement this offense is going to make the Chargers a juggernaut. Dan? If I got to go on any more longer here boasting about how good the Chargers are, I'm going to I mean, yeah, yeah, they definitely, yeah. Uh, This one comes in from Corey Wilson with seven spots in the playoffs. Will this be the first time a whole division makes the playoffs? Dan. Uh, And it happened, yes, but because of how uh, of a daunting task would be to ask the Chiefs to go out and do that. I think that if any of the teams miss the playoffs, it's the Chiefs. Uh, they are reigning kings for you know, as far as we can remember, and you know for since Andy Reid's been there, I uh, I, I don't think so. It's possible. Brad. Mathematically possible. I don't think it'll happen. But if the Chiefs take fourth in the division, and next year they get two different divisions on their schedule, the Chiefs could be a fourteen and three three team the following year i mean the team is built to be real good they just have a terrible run of things with the defense i don't believe is very good so no they're not all going to make it but mathematically Corey, it can be done the nfc is more wide open if the cardinals and 49ers well no the seahawks suck never mind moving on no it's not going to happen <laughs> forgot they don't have russ no more i forgot with, with seven teams in the playoffs He's he's saying will it be will it be the first time a whole division? I don't think so. I just think the Chiefs have too much of an uphill battle. Uh, the Broncos, I don't know that they have enough offensive talent to really kind of catapult themselves even above the Chiefs. I think those two teams are kind of kind of battle for third, and I just don't know that they have enough to get all four in the playoffs. But I will say this: if there's any division in the history of football, it's 100% this division this season that it could happen. All every one of these teams. Added offensive pieces. Most all, three of the four added pass rushers. It's it's definitely possible. I just don't think it happens. Jamie Lato, he's a Broncos fan. Always writes in. Appreciate you, Jamie. Uh, who finishes the season as Russell Wilson's number one wide receiver? Is it Sutton? Is it Judy? Is it Hamler? He also asks if it's Patrick. Patrick towards ACL today, or is it someone else? Brad. Um, I think. I don't know. I just think that uh, Jerry Judy is the best receiver on there. I think he will come out on top. But Dark Horse, in terms of play style and size, I think K.J. Hamler plays a ton like Tyler Lockett. 
And it can yeah. be one of those, we'll take a gadget guy, special teams guy, and somehow Russ will get him a 60-yard bomb every game. And he'll turn into like one of those low-key fantasy guys that gets lost in rotation and can potentially come up. Because he was a star at Penn State. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm going to say Jerry Judy simply because of his route running ability. I think that's going to put him over the top as a safety safety option. But um could be any of them. I yeah. know it's not going to be Tim Patrick. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's going to be Corlin Sutton. Okay, uh, I just big think body. that he's a, he's a big body, and yeah, I, th- I think he's going to be a reliable option. And again, th- just just because of Jerry Judy's drops, his issues with that, obviously, year off, your year to fix that and put go back in the lab uh, and, and and attack that issue. I just uh, I, I think that Corlin Sutton will be uh, will be the one. Real quick, I'll answer it. Who should it be? Jerry Judy. Who will it be? Say what you want. Russell Wilson, amongst most of his peers, is called the best deep ball thrower in the league. I'm going to give it to the deep threat, KJ Hamler. Brad, I think you nailed it. Uh, I think he kind of replaces what Lockett is. I think you initially ask Hamler, listen, I need you to kind of go deep, and this is what, what I do. I air it out. I throw it deep. Lockett's always made a living off catching those balls, and I think KJ will probably do that too. But it should be Jerry Judy. I just don't think it will be. Woo! We still got a quarterback draft. Boys, are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> so what I did in order to determine draft order, okay? Don't tell me you got Kevin on the line. No, I did not get Kevin on the line. So <laughs> That was cool, though, Dan. What you do with your fantasy? <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> um, I took our teams, Patriots, Raiders, Steelers, and I took their last season record. New England had the highest seed, then the Raiders, then the Steelers. We were all playoff teams, by the way. Um, so I will take first pick. Yeah, you will take second pick. Brad, you will take third pick. And then I will go again. And we'll all pick five quarterbacks. That'll give us our top 15. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, guys, this is the criteria I gave prior to this. This is the only kind of conversation we've had. We've had, we have not talked about this at all. Um, we are selecting our quarterback draft based off of going into the 2022 season. And we're just trying to win a Super Bowl this year. We're not looking at the future. We're not looking at the past. We're looking at this season. One question. Go ahead. How far did you go on your list? I listed, you 20, I listed 20 guys. What did you do, Dan? Do you just, are you going to go off just like the top passers and go as we go? Or did you make a list as well? I made a, I ranked 15 quarterbacks that I, I – Again, I, I kind of I don't know if I misunderstood what Jeff was saying, but I ranked 15 guys that I would I like a, as a draft board per se. Yeah, yeah. from, from my, first to 15 who I want to draft. Yeah, my one perfect. question, just because I like controversy right off the bat, and this may be tough, Dan, because you only did 15. Jeff, on your personal list, who's number 16? Who was the first guy left off? So I wrote if a you name. You had your own personal I, list. Who is your sixteen? Okay, so I wrote I wrote a name, but it's definitely up in the air between him and the next three guys. Like I was at that point, I'm just writing some of the names that were left off. Um, but I have, and I feel pretty confident with this. I have Matt Ryan. Okay, Dan, Matt do you Ryan's have sixteen yep. off the top of your head? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. He's your sixteen. That's hilarious. Who's yours? 
this is a testament to how good I think the NFL is and how low I am on this player. Dakota Prescott. Okay. Yeah, so last go. last year. Let's okay, go. hear me out. So I re-listened. on a terrible team. He's I re-listened to our t- <laughs> our our draft last year. Me and yours, Brad. Prior to this, okay. And I actually took down the top sixteen names that we gave because I want to. As we're saying, I want to say this is where we ranked them last year, okay. And do you remember who our two quarterbacks that we argued with? I don't. I don't remember. Okay. You went to bad for Baker, which was a terrible idea. Okay. And you actually had him swift swapped with Matthew Stafford, which we kind of argued with. But I was really down on Lamar. So those are the two that we just we couldn't seem to get. And you had kind of for whatever reason you threw Stafford way down there. I think you probably regret that a little bit. But um, it's changed. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get into it. As we draft them, I will tell you where they finished on our top sixteen last year. We're only doing fifteen this year because there's three of us. Um, and then obviously if they didn't make the list, they didn't make the list. So. Put a lot of thought in this. Call it whatever you want. The best quarterback in the league for any one game or any one season until he retires is Tom Brady. I always feel comfortable with that. He was number two last year, so he's up to number one this year. Uh, Dan, you are next on the clock. You can have anybody you want not named Tom Brady. Uh, Give me uh, his number one fan, Josh Allen. I want to be very clear. That is also my number two. And if Tom Brady was not in the league, he's number one. Um, I understand he's had trouble in the playoffs, but he's the back-to-back MVP. Aaron Rodgers can't get out of the top three, I don't think. So I'm going to take Rodgers at three. Two things real quick. Where where did you have Josh Allen, Brad? Where did I have Josh Allen? Yeah. Four. You had him at four. Wow. Okay. So last year he was five. Okay. So he's up to number two this year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers at three, back-to-back MVP. Uh, last year, Aaron Rodgers was three. So he has not gone anywhere. He also hasn't won any more playoff games since then. So we're really good. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so Aaron Rodgers was my personal number four. Um. <laughs> You're so wrong for that, dude. <laughs> I don't even – I hate Aaron Rodgers. I know um, you do, but – This is where people are going to argue. If this Really, and Aaron Rodgers falls in this category. There's a lot of names here. Pe- people are going to be mad. I, it is what it is. I don't really Justin care. Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow is the first. Oh, Joe first Burrow. Time. Yeah, I'll take Burrow over – over Herbert and over Mahomes at this point. Uh, Joe Burrow, just so everybody knows, he was number 16 last year. He was tied with Big Ben. That was our closeout pick. Um, yeah, you tied him with Big Ben. Well, I had uh, to throw him in at the end. I know. I, you did, and you said. He's like, he was hurt. I had a small sample size, but I'm throwing him in. So he was number 16. Uh, Dan, it's you now, sir. All right, because I've been sucking off the Chargers all night, it's going to stop right now. I'm going to... I'm gonna mix it up a little bit. Give me, give me Stat Patford, the LA Rams. Stafford coming in at five. So Matt Stafford last year on our list was number thirteen. Uh, that was not because of me. That was because of Brad. It's all Brad's fault. Listen, you guys, like, I, I can't even like make cool. I got to take Mahomes. 
I can't even make like cool picks. Y'all leaving me Rodgers and Mahomes. Time out. Time out. You know who's you know who's available, correct? Yeah. Okay. I got it right in front of me. Okay. I got him over Herbert. I, I like Herbert more, but he, he's got to do some stuff in the postseason for me before I can put him above that's, Mahomes. That's fine. Patrick At the Mahomes, end of this year, he could be. At the end of yeah. this year, he absolutely could be. Patrick Mahomes comes in at number six. Last year, he was number one. Uh, I, I have to go Justin Herbert. I, I think he's probably too low here. Um, but because of, obviously, three of us had different opinions, if one guy drops, he could drop two spots. So uh, Herbert comes in at number seven this year. Last year, he came in at number seven. So he literally has not improved. He also has zero playoff wins in that time, too. So it's just fine. Number eight, Dan. Um, gets tough. This is where it gets tough. He plays in mile high. You know what? Come oh, on. Give me DC. <laughs> Derek Carr. That's fine. Let's go. Okay. Derek Carr, I number eight. I haven't, I, I haven't been. I haven't been homer all night. I'll be. You haven't. Back. I'll give you that. So Derek Carr last year was number fourteen. So he jumps up several spots here. I will take Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's a great. He's not spot going any here. further than nine. So Wilson has a very big drop here. He was hurt. Russell Wilson was number four last year. I feel okay. like my list is really close to what it was last year. I'll be interested to see what that is. Maybe after the pod we can stack that up real quick. Yeah, you know, I'm between two. Can you, can you guess which two? Lamar and Kyler. Lamar's one, not Kyler. Deshaun Watson? It is, between Deshaun. Um, I'm going Watson 10. Notice how we're at 10 and we haven't even sniffed Dak Prescott. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just saying like 16 at the beginning sounded controversial, but yeah. he's going to land what? A couple spots higher maybe? Yeah, last year Watson was number six. He also... uh just came off suspension so that makes sense or i'm sorry he's came off of sitting out a year so and he's going on suspension so it makes sense he's dropping but uh number 11 dan uh i'll take lamar jackson lamar okay lamar jackson coming at number 11 here last year lamar jackson was number eight and that was the first big point of contention between me and brad last year we just couldn't decide on him he slips down a couple of spots he was hurt makes sense I'll take Kyler at 12. Kyler, that hurts you, doesn't it? You hate him. It doesn't hurt, but I will say I'm checking off my quarterbacks as we go. I just checked off Kyler Murray, and my top 12 are all checked off. So maybe a different order, but my top 12 is the exact same as the list we have, just in a different order. There's no one in my top 12 that hasn't been named yet. Exactly the same for me as well. But now my number 13... It's not the same as yours. Real quick, Kyler Murray last year was number 10. He comes in at 12. Small drop off. He did kind of play bad towards the end of last year. Uh, My number 13 is Dak Prescott. Dakota. So here's the the thing. So I obviously am am, done. I don't have any more picks. And I have a feeling that neither of you are going to say my number 14, which is kind of funny. We'll so see. he's not even, he's probably not gonna make the list. So Mac? Dak Prescott last year was number nine, so he falls several spots too. 
Is Mac your 14? No. No, Mac Jones isn't even in my top 20. Oh, I bet you I know who it is, but it's your turn, Dan. All right, so uh, I don't want any part of this man, but uh, I'll take him solely on my rankings, and that's uh, I'll take Captain Kirk. Yeah. Kirk's my 15. I got him at my I got him at 13. So Kirk Cousins last year he didn't make our list. He was he was one of two near misses last year. So and one not, more guess on your 14 before I take the last pick. Yeah. Is it Ryan Tannehill? No. Okay. Well, I'm going with Matt Ryan at 14 or at 15, excuse me, sorry. Yeah, and that's fair. I have one guy above. I mean, Really, there's one guy that you guys didn't name. And I have above him. And it's really funny because that one guy probably is not a week one starter. Gardner Minshew? I, I think Jimmy G's <laughs> better than Mike Ryan. Uh, Jimmy G's butt. No, Jimmy G's top 15. <laughs> Jimmy G's not on my top 20. Matt Ryan last year was number 11, so a small drop. All right, so Jeff, you said you did 20, right? Yeah, so just, just to round it out. And fill these guys in any order you want. Jimmy G, Ryan Tannehill, Baker, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, to be honest, Baker probably needs to go down. I just kind of wrote his name down. I would actually take Mac Jones over Baker today. But that's my um, that was my question. Is like, is Mac Jones in your top twenty? He's right around twenty. He's. Okay. I think he's got an argument for for this right here. So sixteen to about twenty two. I think there's an argument you could throw him anywhere in there. Uh, he's definitely not in the 27, 28, 29, 30 range. I mean, I'd argue that all day. Um, but I don't think he's top 15. And to be honest, if you said 20, I wouldn't argue with you. If you said 25, I don't think I'd argue with you, just depending on the names that you put in front of them. Like, Mac Jones is better than the Texans quarterback, the Falcons quarterback, the Lions quarterback, the Jets quarterback, uh, the Texans quarterback. I mean, that's five right there. That puts me at 27. So I told you I wouldn't allow anything over 27, okay? Uh, he's better than... Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, Carson thank you. Wentz. Carson Wentz. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. Uh, Jameis is good. He's, he just, he's poor decision. I like Jameis. Justin Fields. Yeah, better than Justin Tre- Fields. Trevor Lawrence. You already said that? We'll see. We'll see. Tua. We'll see. Better than Tua, in my opinion. There's 10. Tr- Trubisky. Better than Trubisky, in my opinion. So yeah, you're right. he's, he's right you're there. At like 22, 20. He's he's right there. Um, yeah, I just I I just think Jimmy G is better than he's getting credit for. So real quick recap: Tom Brady number one up one spot from last year. Josh Allen number two up three spots from last year. Aaron Rodgers number three exactly the same as last year. Gerald Burrow number four up twelve spots, biggest mover. Matthew Stafford number five up eight spots from last year. Patrick Mahomes, number six, down five spots from last year. Justin Herbert, number seven, same as last year. Derek Carr, number eight, uh, up from number 14. Russell Wilson, number nine, down from number four. Deshaun Watson, number 10, down from number six. Lamar Jackson, number 11, down from number eight. Kyler Murray, number 12, down from number 10. Dak Prescott, number 13, down from number nine. Kirk Cousins jumps into the rankings at number 14, was not ranked last year. And number 15 is Matt Ryan. He was at 11 last year. Boys, we went over two hours. 
<laughs> yeah, we did. We we talked so much football. I don't know if there's anything more to talk about, but we have one more thing to say. Who wins the AFC West? And if you have, if you want to, give a quick one to four. Uh, Dan, I'll let you go first, man. Uh, Chargers winning the AFC West. Okay. Followed by, uh, man, I don't even, I don't even want to give the top. I want to give the four because I've, I've changed my mind so many times. I'll That's just fine. leave it. Chargers won. Okay. Chargers win the division. Broncos second, Raiders third, but both make the playoffs. Chiefs fourth and miss the playoffs. Okay. So you got and Chargers. And I think we're going to have an Chargers. AFC West game in the first round of the playoffs. Okay. Raiders win the division. Chargers second. Chiefs third. And I don't know why. I'm just, I'm going to assume they're going to get third. Broncos fourth. Okay. But I have the Raiders winning that division. I just think that they, they're the Bengals from last year. That's my comp. You want to argue that the Raiders aren't as good as I say they are? I'm just going to say the Bengals last year. That's my argument. So, uh, boy, oh boy. I got nothing else. Brad, you got anything else? Nope, people should have enough pod to listen to till next week. <laughs> you know what's uh, funny? Uh, people have been begging for these division breakdowns. We went long on this, so this is five uh, lunch breaks, dude. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> Danny, you got anything else? Yeah, I'll say this real quick. I appreciate you guys having me on. If you guys, people who listen and don't recognize my voice, Jeff and I do the Michigan podcast every week during the season. So yep. I know we'll be doing our Michigan preview soon. So I am looking forward to that. But again, I awesome to do this with you, and thank you for work with me on my hectic time schedule yeah no problem this uh this was fun this is fun i knew going into this with what happened during the day today and then how big this division i knew it was gonna probably be two hours um, i'll tell you what i had no idea it'd be two hours it's two and a half hours and it doesn't <laughs> feel like it, it doesn't feel no, like it. no we love talking football um with that being said catch us next week for an nfc pod don't know which one we're gonna do yet um, we'll decide on the run, but you guys, it's been real. We're out later. Peace. Real talk. Real talk.